As a matter of fact, it was. You're listening to the Buzzkill Podcast. Sarah is not impressed. <laughs> Welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast, uh, episode 25, half a century, quarter of a century. <laughs> I can't do fractions. I'm Mike. I'm Jim. <laughs> and I'm Justin. Hey, guys. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Uh, happy, happy day. Happy, happy day. Happy Groundhog's Day. Yeah, that one. We're recording this on Groundhog's Day. You find people are listening to it on Super Bowl Sunday. Sunday, Put Sunday, your Sunday. Little hand Spoiler. In mine. Spoiler. The Lions are going to win. <laughs> I hey, <laughs> I have hope. We are we're this is a horror podcast. Oh and yeah. There's nothing more horrific in the world than being a Lions fan. A Lions fan. But you did know you, what? Did you hear I'm, the breaking news? The Lions are changing their colors next year. Did you hear about that? Yeah. Well, they're redesigning their logos and or, or their uniforms and they're changing their colors. It's not that big of a difference. Have you seen it? It's not a huge difference. They said they're not unveiling it until April. So already, you haven't you already did. You haven't seen it either then. They unveiled it on the news yesterday. Mm, they said they're I don't know. Okay, then my mind was just making up news on the television. <laughs> yeah, mine does that sometimes, in all fairness. <laughs> uh, no, I'm holding out hope. Like I'm not I I love watching football. I'm not like a huge a huge sports sports guy. I don't we, sports. We, we you don't sports. Sport? I don't sports a lot, but I do I love watching football this time of year. Do you even so, sports, bro? I do sports on occasion. I like to me, to me, I'm not, I'm not. I I think I have an advantage because I still love the Lions and I don't get mad at them the way other people do. Yeah. Because you know I don't care quite as much. I just like watching football. I think it's fun. But I do have, I do have hopes. For it's the like Lions when you're watching a horror movie and you see the really hot chick, and it's like if you don't see her tits, you're a little bit disappointed, but you still get to see the hot chick in the movie. You know what I'm saying, Mike? <laughs> Out of all months, <laughs> out of all months, did you have to be that disrespectful to women? Uh, if you don't know, it's uh, if you don't know, it's February <laughs> and it's Women in Horror Month, and Mike is a complete and utter douche. We're amongst, to, amongst other things, we're supposed to respect. I just just for this month, Michael, <laughs> could you show a little respect <laughs> for for, for, for women? Sorry, jeez, just kidding. This is actually this is uh, the uh, Women in Horror Month. Yes. year number eight. Is it year number eight? Yep, yep, wow. Yeah. Apparently, I haven't been respecting them for the last seven years because I didn't know <laughs> this was a thing. So, so we're actually uh, all this month. Well, now you know. All this month, we're going to be doing little segments where we're uh, talking about some of our favorite women of horror. Uh, this week, we're actually going to do our our top six. Each of us are going to do our top six favorite, uh, whether you want to call them uh, horror heroines or final girls or. Uh, badass, badass ladies. Uh, so we're each gonna give our our top six. Yeah, top six because because top five is for chumps. Yeah. Uh, we'll do that later in the show. But uh, and then and then later in the month we're gonna do a full episode that's all about all about the women of horror, uh, directors, actors, all the badass you ladies. Seem, of you horror. seem to have this real figured out. I do. Yeah. Well, be- because uh, I res- it might be nice to share at the class. Because I respect women, Mike. <laughs> I already t- I told you this whole thing earlier. Yeah. Where where are you when I'm talking to you? It's at like work. you're looking at me and you're just behind your eyes is just deadness. I'm I'm at work. I'm trying to just avoid anything and everything. You know. No, I we were sitting across from the table right here, and I was telling you all of this. Probably. Hey. Jay, can you back me up on this? 
What are you guys talking about? <laughs> okay, let's move on. So anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, today we're talking about the boogeyman. The boogeyman, or boogeyman, uh, or man of boogie. Man of boogie. <laughs> get, get down. Get down. Get down. Uh, I actually. <laughs> Sarah's having a little dance party over here. <laughs> I actually was supposed to have this pulled up real quick because. What's up? Well, I just wanted to read the the. Um, the definition of boogeyman because it's kind of it's kind of a it's kind of an open open to interpretation sort of thing you know yeah like all cultures have their version of the boogeyman and it, like it, it, it even like i think it specifies like it can change from family to family you know what sure. i mean so uh it's a very it's a very subjective right. type of uh type of uh <clears throat> Yeah. Thing. Yes. <laughs> uh, idea. Idea, yeah. yeah. Or uh, concept. Uh, so, boogeyman <clears throat> is a common allusion to a mythical creature in many cultures used by adults to frighten children into good behavior. Uh, this monster has no specific appearance and conceptions about it can vary drastically from household to household within the same community. In many cases, he has no set appearance in the mind of an adult or child, but is simply a non-specific embodiment of terror. Now, boogeymen can come from all different things too. Though it can be supernatural, it right. can be, I guess, occultish. It can, it can be, it can just come from old wives' tales. It right. can be, you know, they come from everywhere. They, they there's no real set. Even though there is the rules that you just talked, there's no real set rules. Right. Though. It's basically just a guy that strikes fear. And I think the only, the one thing that I would say that probably has to be there's, there has to be some sort of supernatural element to it because well, the boogeyman's that's kind of the criteria die, always comes back. That's kind of the know? criteria, at least that we were trying to hit for yeah. this episode yeah. is it's, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of, at least when I think of the boogeyman, it's kind of the, the typical man in the closet goes bump in the night kind what, of thing. What does he look like to you? If you got a picture, describe the boogeyman. What's he look like? See, to me, when I was younger, I actually thought that I saw the boogeyman, uh, and he was in a field by a park. And and so to me it, I was I was in like parks and recreation, you know, where you would go during the day and you'd hang out with the counselors and do all kinds of different activities. I actually thought I saw one out in this field and Do I know the story? I don't know. I don't I'm not going to tell it in great detail right now, but to me like from that day on I always had this idea of what the boogeyman looked like. He had green skin. His head was really like like oversized I don't know what I actually saw that made me think that I was seeing this thing but he it was green Mars attacks <laughs> no it, was, it wasn't <laughs> little green men with giant heads <laughs> he wasn't alien looking he was more uh, kind of I guess I want to say sort of reptilian but okay. uh, but but like a person like a body it was like a it was yeah it was like a, it was okay. a, he was a man but he just had this huge head. I don't know why. Maybe, maybe it was a reflection of my own insecurities because I have a huge head. <laughs> why? What about like? What do you think of the, the boogeyman? I've always imagined the boogeyman. You know, I, still to this day, is is as a uh, uh, almost like the the white sheet ghost, but black and very bubbly. And when he moves, it's like <laughs> like that's going to be coming out of the closet at you. That that's still to this day. That's exactly what it looks like. It's kind of smoky almost. Like, um, or literally like a sheet. Like, like a smoky, like a, like a figure. I mean, like a, uh, like a, it would be a ghost, smoky ghost. But like astral. like. But uh, in that shape of like the typical <clears throat> ghost with a sheet. Yeah. But black and bubbly. So no face really. 
no face. What about you, Michael? Um, the, my uh, my my description of the boogeyman's weird. It's like I picture a guy who has the appearance of being wet, but not actually wet, but then with clothes that look like they've been buried under the ground for like twenty years, like ripped up, ragged, dirty clothes. Maybe like a black face. Like I said, looks like he's wet, like he's kind of sort of shiny, uh -huh. but not really. And he's just all in shadow all the time. And I just picture that hand coming out of the darkness at you, like you know, like the man that comes out under the bed when you're a kid. You know, the way you just described that made me think of a movie that we desperately wanted to watch for this episode called child eater and we find we come to find out <laughs> it comes we up. scoured we scoured oh. for it for the last like three days we come to find out it hits vod tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, for fuck's sake so uh we'll watch it and we'll come back and do a little update on how that back. movie is so but, hey, uh, well, so so yeah uh as always if we're talking about boogeyman we have some drinks that are going we along do, with we that. do so, we actually have a fun little twist on the drinks today. Yeah, well, the the story is, Michael, why don't you tell the story? Uh, so I had, I had a hard time tracking down the beer that I wanted, and I finally found it. And uh, that beer is, James? Uh, it's called Folklore, and it's uh, from Stillwater Artisanal. And it is an untraditional stout, 8.4%. Um, so I, I had seen this before, and this is I, I was going in sort of looking for this and looking for anything that might have fit it, and I couldn't find it, couldn't find it. And uh, my local beer place, you know, they have one of those racks where it's a build-your-own-six-pack. And I saw a single bottle of it sitting there, and I said, oh, crap, here it is. And so I went to the cleric. We couldn't find any more of it, but there was three bottles of it sitting on the shelf. So I'm like, screw it, I'm buying the three bottles. So... I had a six-pack to fill, though, so I'm looking around on the shelf, and I, and I think to myself, it'd be really funny to grab three extra bottles, one for each of us, that has a different, you know, just interesting subject matter on the label, mm -hmm. and then we could make up our own folklorish boogeyman out of said, out of said uh, bottles. Yeah, so we have three <laughs> random bottles. Uh, uh, Mike picked them out, and I guess as we... We're all going to drink each of the folklore right now, and then as we pick out the other ones, we're just going to... Are we going to take turns or something? Yeah, as, yeah, as, as we pick them out, we'll take a break. I'm like, all right, I got this. Go. Okay. Like, no thought. Look at it and go. This is a problem for somebody <laughs> like me who has no imagination. Um, all right, so here, why don't you crack those? I actually found the description online since we don't have the, the box. Yeah. Uh, so here we go. Human history is filled with myths and legends that shape and define our culture. Rituals, celebrations, gatherings, whatever. One thing that's for sure is we enjoy a proper shindig, don't we? Uh, so let's get the stories flowing and share a little folklore. A bracingly deep ale built dark and rich with an elegantly lean body accompanied by head aromas of, heady aromas of Belgian yeast, earthy hops, and gently kissed by a wisp of smoke. Ooh, mm. smells good. Does it smell smoky? Like a gentle wisp? Mm. It smells like... Smells like the old bars we used to go to, just thick and smells smoky. Smells like dirty diapers <laughs> mixed Smell, with Indian Smells like whores. Back, back in the good old days when you when you had to shower and wash your clothes as soon as you got home from the bar. Uh, yeah. All right. All right, boys. Let's John. give this a try. Whoa. Cheers. That was a cheers for beers. Weird cheers for cheers. beers. Yum. Oh, wow. Ooh. That's really good. It is actually, wow, it's really, really flavorful. Um, it's, it's, kissed, it's weird. It's, it's kissed with just a wisp of smoke. It's heavy, but it's not overly heavy. Like chug, it. chug it right now. No chug, it. No chug, chug Pier A1. <laughs> <laughs> put that on my steak. You could put this on steak, actually. Could, yeah. 
thicken it up with a little. Uh, yeah, but it has that that smoky flavor. Cornstarch. I put, put it on my, I put it on my tofu. <laughs> my tofu. There you go. Uh, well, tofu. We were discussing this a couple weeks ago. Like. <laughs> Takes on the flavor of whatever you put it with, right? Yeah, I should so, try putting some beer on. It'll probably be pretty damn good. Beer foo. Hmm. Mm. I think we're on to something. Also joining us tonight, we have uh, Doer's White Label, and uh, and cheap tequila. Oh, and Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi. You came behind the Doer's and the cheap tequila. How do you feel? But not cheap. Very costly. <laughs> no, okay. Hey, no. All right. I'm we sure call her. There, there was no good way to come. I say <laughs> we. We bad. refer to her as Craigslist Sarah. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> when I move, and it's 45 minutes to get here, and I no longer come on Thursday nights, you guys are gonna miss me. Are you gonna let Jay come on Thursday nights? Not gonna though? be able to come in out because I get out of work. No, you're gonna let him though. No. Jay, uh, you guys. <laughs> Jay Raj. Jay Raj just got a new place. And Sarah yeah. as well, so uh, they're gonna be they're gonna be moving. So, so it's, we have uh, an announcement to make. Um, two the, episodes from now, that's our last show. <laughs> <laughs> We're not April Fools. <laughs> oh wait, no, it's the first of February. Fools. Shit. Yeah, we'll have to figure out we'll have to figure out first, our schedules and, and make it work. Yeah, but. and once they move, we'll give you their address, and you guys can. It's possible. It's drop possible in on that J Raj unannounced. It's possible that this great sounding podcast might be reduced to me and James talking into an iPhone for two hours. We'll see. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, do we have corrections? Oh, do we have Mike? corrections? Mike, do you have any corrections from last week, Mike? <laughs> I'll be Gosh. back. I'm gonna take a nap. Wake me up when you guys are completed. All right. So yeah, before just, I get into this, check out I need this to I need to apologize for my just utter fuckery that I had last week <laughs> yeah. when it came to knowing anything. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, you suck. All right, so that's the start of the top. Um, uh, <laughs> as, Sarah, as, as Sarah actually pointed out on, on air last week, the first TV couple to share a bed was not home improvement. <laughs> <laughs> was it Family Guy? Um, however, you were wrong. It was also not the Brady Bunch Ooh. or the Monsters. I have was a correction. It was uh, a show called The Mary Kay and Johnny Show in 1947. Now, a lot of people don't know about it because it was on some weird station. Like cable access or some something. Weird, yeah, some weird thing. And actually, there's no existing versions of the show. Really? It, it, yeah, it's basically there's not like they don't even have like the uh, the film like that it was filmed on like it's not anywhere. So how do you know somebody didn't just make this well, up and put it on? Because I saw it in a lot of different places, so I think it's credible. It's I think it's one of those things that's just known, whatever. Um, so that was that. Uh, moving on, uh, I was so passionate and so happy about knowing that Clint Eastwood was in the Fly Two <laughs> last year or last week, and uh, it turns out he was not in the Fly Two. But my heart was in the right place because I was—I knew what I was talking about. No, you didn't. I was just dumb as hell. Yeah. He was in *Revenge of the Creature*, the sequel to *Creature from the Black Lagoon*. Uh, okay. That's the movie that Clint Eastwood starred in, or not starred in. He was—he was—he's actually uncredited um, for that, uh, and because um, he wasn't in it. <laughs> he's a lab tech. He's in it for yeah. like like four seconds. Like it's like a quick quick little scene, and he's out. But that was his first thing. He's uncredited in the movie, so if you look him up, he's not going to be on there. I'm not sure if IMDb has them listed or not. But so, so far, the two corrections that you've given us, there's no prove. way to corroborate these no, you stories. <laughs> uh, now, along with that, though, I had mentioned that in Back to the Future 3, that there was a poster of the fly then that showed it was an inside joke. Yeah. I wasn't completely wrong on that. Uh, it turns out uh, there was a poster of Revenge of the Creature along with a poster of the film Tarantula in the background of 
um, Back to the Future 3, both of those movies had Clint Eastwood in tiny little roles, uncredited mm-hmm. before he became a known star. Um, it's an ironic, uh, it, it's a little bit of an ironic coincidence um, because uh, in, bo- in both, I've seen both of them, he's uncredited. Mm-hmm. So in Back to the Future, and they even say in Back to the Future, um, he mentions, oh, who's Clint? He says, don't I look just like Clint Eastwood when Marty McFly has all his stuff on? And he goes, oh, that's right. You guys don't know about him yet. And in the background are the two movie posters uh, where Clint Eastwood is. I get it. Yeah. So it, kind of an ironic thing. <laughs> Um, let's see. Where do we go from here? I have a whole roadmap here of corrections. Oh, my um, gosh. So, Tom Woodruff Jr., we had mentioned how aliens and... Uh, Tremors? Uh, no, alien and uh, Pumpkinhead. Yeah. There was a, co- a correlation between the two somehow. Yeah. Tom Woodruff uh, Jr. was part of Stan Winston's effects team. Oh, That's how okay. he started off. So, he worked on both. Uh, he actually portrayed Pumpkinhead as the actor. He also portrayed the lead alien in Alien Resurrection. Okay. Uh, he also played an alien in Alien 3, and he was part of the effects team on Aliens. So he has a long history with the Alien series. Yeah, That's yeah. what I was thinking. Uh, Tremors was not KNB. I didn't say it was KNB. No, no, we talked about it, and we weren't sure. I'm just saying the correct information. Well, no, you, you said that tre- you said that Tremors 4 was KNB. Um, I said that they must not have been before it was established, but it was. KNB was established in 88. Tremors came out in 90. But I don't think that the three of them were working on all the same projects all the time. That's well. I just said that. Yeah, yeah. That's just more of a thud. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what else do I got? I know there's more. Oh, uh, Tremors Bloodlines was not a Netflix exclusive. I thought that it was. We I had said that it, that that it was, and it had all this Netflix money behind it. You were just terrible. Just awful. Do, um, do it your was, homework before was, you come to this show. It was released through Universal, and it was released on Blu-ray on October sixth of of 2015 uh-huh. and then it premiered on the sci-fi channel in mid 2016 netflix followed after oh right on and uh this is a little extra that i got a call from our good friend Vito today and he is claiming that we played six degrees of separation incorrectly last week why because he doesn't think that we can use directors as links to kevin bacon has to all be actors it has to be actors according to him I didn't, I didn't look it up. I was supposed to. I didn't look it up. But I wanted to run that by you well, guys. Well, we can, we can still do it. We can. No, I'm just saying, though, as it stood last week, we might not be three and four. Is all I'm saying. Well, then four and five. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for corrections. Oh, wow. Really? That's it. Okay. That took an hour. Uh, I'm also officially retiring the fun facts segment of <laughs> yeah. whenever we do this. <laughs> Mike just pulls like just random shit out of the air and says, hey, fun fact, without actually checking to see whether it is factual or not. It's part of the game. Mm-hmm. It's all part of the game. All right, then. So if we're done with corrections. That um, that brings us to... Takes us to the news. Oh, oh, I wanna shoot, baby, shoot, shoot, doop, shoot, doop. It's the news now. Boom, shoot the news. Get the news on the bus, kill. Yeah, that was nice. A little salt and pepper. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> Mike looks like he's gonna cry. Why are you gonna cry? It's beautiful. <laughs> Not it's quite sure beautiful. where that. Not quite sure where that one came from. But it came from a came from right there in the soul. All right. Well, hey. <laughs> so uh, here's a little story. Being that it's being that it's uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Yes. The day that you're listening to this. Here's a little weird uh, Super Bowl related thing. Um, so everybody knows about the curse, uh, the Poltergeist curse. Sure. 
the you know the the supposed curse people, on the actual like predi- yeah, yeah. Stuff, people yeah. dying on set they used real skeletons instead of fake skeletons in the pool scene and stuff like that which probably caused some real shit yeah so <clears throat> in poltergeist the original poster poltergeist movie postergeist postergeist <laughs> haunted, haunted posters uh well it's kind of a haunted poster that, like that old funky corn poster i used to have <sighs> shut, shut up shut up <laughs> So in Poltergeist, um, there there's actually a poster for Super Bowl twenty two hanging on the wall in Robbie and Carol Ann's bedroom. Uh, Poltergeist came out in nineteen eighty two, which would have been the year that Super Bowl sixteen happened. Okay. So why do they have a poster for Super Bowl twenty two on their wall? Right? Kind of weird. Boogie. So then it gets kind of creepier after that. Is there anything in that movie I don't remember? Is there anything in Poltergeist that has anything to do with time travel? No. Okay. So, uh, so that's weird. That's just weird. Sure. Then it then it gets kind of creepy. So, Super Bowl twenty two aired on January thirty first, nineteen eighty eight. The exact same day, Heather o- O'Rourke, the little girl who played uh, Carol Ann, mm-hmm. she became violently ill. Uh, she was vomiting, couldn't keep anything down, and then the next day they were going to go to the to the uh, hospital, and she collapsed. So they called the ambulance. The ambulance came and was rushing her to the hospital. On the way to the hospital, she suffered cardiac arrest, which they later found out was caused by septic shock due to intestinal stenosis, and then she died later that day at the Rady, Rady Children's Hospital in San Diego, California. And, and where was Super Bowl Twenty Two? Where was it, James? San Diego, California. Creepy. Isn't that weird? It is weird. That's like just a... It's it's odd to me that they would have a poster for a Super Bowl years away. It was... Just randomly in the movie, too. It was six six years away. Now, were the teams correct? Uh, I'm not sure. It'd be interesting to look at. That up. would be weird. If the teams are correct, then then I give up. That would be... Like, yeah. Sell my soul to Satan. He knows what's <laughs> up. Like, done. This is... That's, it's kind of freaky, isn't it? It's freaky and it's very sad. Uh, it is. She was... I think she was only 12 when she died, so... Uh... Also, also very sad, mm-hmm. is that we lost John Hurt. John Hurt. Yep. Very sad. Uh, John Hurt, probably uh, for for as far as our purposes go for the show, is Gilbert Kane. Probably best known from uh, Alien. Alien. He was the guy who was impregnated by the face hugger. In one of the most iconic then, scenes in film history, too. That like chestburster scene, like two of the most iconic <sighs> scenes because first the face hugger, yep. everybody knows that scene, mm-hmm. and then the chestburster, which uh, yeah, which was brilliantly par- parodied in Spaceballs. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. But, Hello, uh, my lady. Hello, my darling. Hello. The- <laughs> Um, but then you know, did John, you know that John that Hurt was went on to he was a prolific actor, had an amazing career, and uh, that's a sad loss. What? What? But do you hear that? No. That's a fun fact. Oh, why is that a fun fact? <laughs> no, I have one coming. I, I heard it coming. See, you just you just screwed up. Yeah, you're, uh, did you know? You should have <laughs> seen that coming. <laughs> did you know though that? Uh, and I do know this one for a fact actually. Yeah. Um, when they were filming that scene with the chestburster, none of the none of the cast in the room really knew what was going to happen, and they had the effect set up to where when it burst through the the chest plate, all the blood that splattered at them, they didn't know it was coming. So all their reactions in that shot. It's all genuine. Genuine. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? An alien burst out of this dude's chest. That's reaction. really cool. Yeah. Um, now, how do you know that that's a fact? Because I'm going to start checking you. Well, my mom told me once. Okay. All right. All right. I believe she's, Barb. Yeah, she's a... <laughs> uh, we, had, uh, uh, we had another death, unfortunately. And this is, uh, this is 
uh, right up your alley because it was an Evil Dead 2 death. Yeah. Oh, oh. Um, yeah, I know. John, I John Peaks died. He played Professor Nobi in Evil Dead 2. Probably one of the most iconic, as far as like old school horror goes. I mean, if you're a horror fan, you've seen Evil Dead. And it's the most one of the most iconic things in that franchise. And it's it has kind of a life outside of it too like it's just mm-hmm. a it's a big deal that recording that he did right. has lived on in like infamy <clears throat> after you know after these movies yeah. um, it's in almost every single in, uh, incarnation of the the franchise whether it be the TV show right. whether it be the sequels you know whatever it's there um, in recaps or retellings or they reference it something um, uh, he, wasn't, he, was... he wasn't really much of an actor <clears throat> though on yeah, IMDb, I, I, didn't, I didn't know much about him other than that. On IMDb, I was reading that he really only has like four or five credits to his name. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't. Uh, he. I guess he wasn't a huge actor. He was just a dude. He was big in the Detroit theater scene, though. Hey. Really big into right. the uh, Detroit theater scene. So. Um. He was 83, I believe. 83. Yeah. And then uh, John Hurt died uh, 77, just mm-hmm. a few days after his 77th birthday. So. Not not old, but not young. <clears throat> so what else do you have yeah. in the news? Um, so the new, we got a new trailer for Kong Island and this trailer has a little Easter egg in it in that it links Godzilla with Kong. It links the two franchises together, which is necessary. Sure. But it's it's not in a way that your casual viewer would. What's the link? I didn't actually see it. So they start off by, um, John Goodman is basically giving a, it sounds, it sounds as though like he's giving a report as to what happened. They're trying to hypothesize how Kong could have grown to be the size that he is. And they say, you know, back in the 40s or 40s or 50s, back in the 40s, you know, they, were, they weren't doing nuclear tests. They were bombing to kill something. And, and in the beginning of the American Godzilla movie, they show them trying to kill, oh. I think, Godzilla. I, I need to go back and rewatch Godzilla because I haven't seen it since our driving, like we talked about a couple yeah. weeks ago. Um, but that's what they're referencing, though. The bombs being dropped gotcha. with Godzilla. Yeah. And that's the same radiation that transformed Godzilla. Maybe they're saying transformed King Kong as oh, well. okay. It's just a trailer, so we don't know yet. So then but, after Kong Skull Island, uh, Godzilla 2 will come out. Yeah. And then following that Godzilla will be... Godzilla King of Monsters, yeah. And, and then, then following that will be Kong versus yeah. Godzilla. Yeah. Which oh, I'm so yeah, it's gonna be cool. We should so go good. see all of those at the drive-in. I completely well a better drive-in. <laughs> can well, we can we have Jurassic Park versus Godzilla? Oh my god, Godzilla would stomp yeah. the shit out yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. But have like, you seen all how, of Jurassic Park versus Godzilla? Have you seen how big the new Godzilla is? I know. I think the, the dinosaurs will just literally be ankle biters to Godzilla. <laughs> like they just be like little yipper dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Just a minor annoyance. It would be a 10-second long movie. No, if you watch the original <laughs> King Kong, though, the original King Kong is basically Jurassic Park versus a gorilla. That's right? uh, that's one of my one of my uh, my most memorable scenes from a, a a King Kong movie from when I was younger is the part where he's uh, battling the huge Allosaur or yep. Tyrannosaurus Rex, whatever it was, and then Clay- he Clayosaurus Rex. Yeah, he takes his jaws and yep. pulls them until like his jaw snaps. And then that's and, brutal. And then like the claymation blood like pouring out of the, like absolutely. I, that's I I, I that's a, such a vivid memory for me from when I was young. Speaking of Godzilla, King of Monsters, yeah. there has been an, an addition to the cast. Yes, uh, in one Millie Bobby Brown from oh, Stranger Things. Right on, cool. She has just been confirmed that she is joining the cast of Godzilla, King of Monsters with Mike Doherty. Awesome. And uh, she's probably going to suck in it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> She's gonna. I think all of those kids are probably. I mean, yeah. like especially like her and her and uh, Finn Finn Wolfhard. 
I they're off to pretty good starts as far as as, I have as, a far theory. as getting their I have a theory. foot in the door goes. I think Finn Wolfhard will fizzle out. And you I think, think so? Yeah, and I think Millie Bobby Brown is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be the, I can't remember his name, the kid with the big curly hair. Oh, with yeah. The, with the little lisp or whatever. Yeah. He's going to be the one that blows up. You think so? Yeah, I really do. It depends. Uh, Finn Wolfhard, because he does have that kind of that kind of look where he's like, you know, he's a cute little child actor. Maybe, like, who knows what he's, like, in his awkward phase, maybe he... <laughs> won't get a lot of work. I don't know. Yeah. He'll probably be one of those guys who just gets like completely well, jacked though and then you They know, showed him in his like, first like uh, Neville Longbottom from, from <laughs> Well they showed his first production photo from it. That yeah, was also yeah. in the news this week. And he looks good. Yeah, but he looks exactly like the same kid from Stranger Things though. Like Well he is the same kid from Stranger but he, Things. I don't so. know. I don't I don't feel like they did enough to, I don't think they did enough to separate you know Finn Wolfhard from this movie and Finn Wolfhard from this movie considering Stranger Things basically is it yeah you're right you're right they you're didn't right. have to yeah alright what else what else you got um, <clears throat> well this is kind of cool uh, Project Greenlight Project Greenlight Studios and Shudder mm-hmm. the uh, the amazing streaming horror oh it works app. again it works again on my Does computer it? I mean, so, good. so get Shudder now <laughs> oh, they must have they must have heard our they last heard our episode show. and so, they fixed something and they shuddered in fear <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Project <laughs> Project Greenlight Studios and Shutter are teaming up with Clive Barker, the man. The man. Uh, to, uh, they're they're giving amateur horror filmmakers a chance to win three hundred thousand dollars to make a feature. Quick, give so, me your best uh, Clive Barker impression. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> no. <heard> talk. <laughs> no. He's, he, I don't know. I don't know if he had. They had like lung or a throat condition at some point. In time. You're about to make fun of somebody no, no, who no, had no. like a no. serious ailment. No, 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 not, not, not yeah, at go all. Go ahead, Mike. Because he, the way that he sounds now, he's like really raspy. Uh-huh. It's exactly how I expect Clive Barker to sound his entire life, though. Like, like it's kind of like this like deep dark force. And considering all the stuff that he's done in the past, like yeah. it, it fits. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. Can I tell my story here? Sure. <laughs> Uh, February 13th to March 17th. You hearing this, Mike? Yep. Get your submission in, dude. Uh, you can submit a one to three minute video, uh, and they will pick ten semifinalists that will be voted on by the public. Five finalists will be chosen, and then they go on to get, uh, you know, they get some funds to create a, a short scene to show what they can do, mm-hmm. like show their capabilities. And then after that, the winner is chosen. The winner gets three hundred thousand dollars to make a feature, which is pretty awesome. So, so what's gonna happen is we're so gonna... if you are a if you are a a horror film an, an aspiring horror filmmaker out there, make sure you get your submission. So it's a cool it. opportunity. In three minutes, I'm gonna tell the story of three guys that have a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every single week, two of the guys try to kill the other guy, and the whole thing is just gonna be you're gonna walk in and we're gonna kill you and we're gonna film it. And they're gonna be like, "How are the? How'd you do these effects? These are absolutely amazing." <laughs> Sounds like gold to me. And then when we get to set, we're just going to start killing everybody. And then when and we we'll get, be infamous. We get to set. It'll be that time when the they finally realize that they were wearing out their welcome with <laughs> with the stupid kills in the beginning, and then they'll go on to just uh, you know steal quotes from movies. It'd be so meta. This is this is <laughs> this is going horribly awry. <laughs> But here's some good news. Sharknado 5 started filming in Bulgaria today. Or, or this week. Why not? Sharknado has been huge for the sci-fi I know, channel. I know it it's has, been like a giant, has. giant ratings I admit, uh, I haven't kept monster. up on them. I saw... I saw uh, the first two. I saw it to two, yeah. yeah. 
There's um, no reason, really, once you've seen one, you've seen all of them. I smell, but hey, I smell a retrospective coming. Ian Ziering <laughs> and Tara Reed will be returning to re- reprise their roles, so that's exciting. Is if it you possible? Are into that. Is it possible that they're just making new Sharknado movies because it's cheaper to make those movies than it is to feed Tara Reed at this point? <laughs> that's mean. No, because she. I'm saying because she's a starving artist. Like she, she doesn't do anything else. <laughs> I, does she? Still... I mean, does she do anything else, Mike? Do I have to keep reminding you it's Women in Horror Month? Be respectful to the ladies! Gosh. Sarah, you have permission to slap him at some point tonight if you want to. Oh, man. All right, go ahead. Do you have permission? Uh, we have Jason News. <laughs> no, no, you don't. We have Jason News. We have Jason News. Lots of it, actually. Um, so not we. So we knew from previous weeks of reporting that uh, there's going to be a young Jason Voorhees in this new movie. Came out this week that the casting sheets, uh, they're calling for twins. What? They want identical twins. Now, this can go one of two ways. Either they're going to basically say that Jason's brother died in the first movie mm-hmm. and that the identical brother grew up to avenge his death, whatever. They could, they could go that route. Mm-hmm. Or they just want identical twins because of the child labor laws and they can have two actors playing the same role. Oh. Which they do a lot. Like, um... um Step not the Olsen step. twins. Yeah, the Olsen twins. Yeah, sure they am. Full house. Full house. That's it. Yeah, um, it, it's probably more likely that. The idea, though, of there being twin brothers, stupid. I'm not completely. No, I'm not stupid. completely don't, opposed to it. No, that's dumb. Don't mess with no. it. No, regardless of which, uh, they're also um, <clears throat> they're also uh, casting an Elias Voorhees, who is playing Jason's father. Okay. Which, which I think is interesting. Um, it describes Elias as a park ranger who works in the vicinity of Camp Crystal Lake. Uh, it mentions that he sees the wickedness in Jason and the effects that it has on Pamela. He leaves them eventually, but he continues to be a park ranger nearby. That's what it describes. So there's, he sees the wickedness in Jason? Yeah. So they're like taking this in the direction that Jason has always been yes. evil? Which, which it seems as though... From the original series, it's almost like they were trying to say that he turned evil because he saw his mother get killed. Right. Well, and so, also, yeah, and also because the counselors let him drown because they were all yeah banging. And the most exciting news from Jason, yeah, is that on these casting sheets, it is being called Friday the Thirteenth, Part Thirteen. Really? Ooh. And I hope to God they keep it. It could just be a tentative title, but being that it is the thirteenth movie in the franchise. They would be really stupid to change that. Yeah. Then they could give it a subheading too, but keep it Friday part 13. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That also means that the remake, part of the canon. Yeah. Which I've always said that's just another Jason movie. You know the oh the remake yeah the, the even though even though they're talking about the 2009 remake yeah even yeah. though it was technically like a reboot of sorts yeah. it really does fit in well to the the mythos sure so all right well um. I've got some more stuff here, but I can pr- probably pick and choose. Uh, Suspiria remake has wrapped, mm-hmm. and it's headed to the European market for uh, international sales. So that's really all I got for that. So, somebody in the international buy it. I'm looking. I mean, I'm I'm I've been up up in the air about this whole remake. Like, if it was even necessary. I'm curious. I'll watch it. Yeah. Obviously, I'll watch it. I mean, why, I watch shit like. Like Sharknado, Godzilla, so why Godzilla wouldn't I watch? Yeah, so why wouldn't I watch Suspiria? But yeah, uh, it's like it, I don't know. Is it going to be good? Yeah. You think it's going to be good? I, 
I think it's gonna be different. It's I good, think it's gonna be very. It's got different. a pretty good cast. I mean, it, Chloe, Chloe Grace Moretz and, and Tilda Swinton yeah. alone are both really I'll watch well. Tilda both really Swinton good, so. sit at a table and eat pretzels for an hour and a half. To be honest with you, so <laughs> okay, that would be that'd be exciting. We've all, uh, we've, all yeah. got, we've all got our fetishes. All right, go ahead. What else you got? <laughs> Last thing I got is a trailer for a flick called From a House on Willow Street dropped. Mm, yeah. And it looks mwah, amazing. Yeah. Uh, it it just lo- it's like practical effects amazingness. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to describe it. The trailer is that um, the one where the screen cap that that's like a guy's face and like half of his face yeah. is melting off. It's weird though. Like the, the trailer is there's a slight semblance of a story in it, but it's mostly to me it look it was very much showing off the effects of the movie. Like, yeah. This is a very effects laden movie. And it's, it's all practical effects. It looks like it. Cool. I mean, just a trailer. I don't know, but yeah. um, it looks it looks crazy it looks gory it looks brutal it looks fun it looks like there's weird snaky spiky things coming out of a girl's mouth yeah. like it, yeah it's weird they find a little girl like i don't know if she's lost or whatever but the police pick her up mm-hmm. something happened to this house and or she, no i'm sorry i'm sorry that's not the police she gets kidnapped and the kid <laughs> No, because it's like the no, total there's, opposite. No, there's a shot. It's either the shot. police find her or she gets kidnapped. There's, no, there's police. There's police in it though. That's why I was I was thinking of it. Um, she gets kidnapped and, the, and basically the kidnappers are trying to blackmail the mom and dad. Mm. And it's the daughter basically being, "You're gonna die. You should let me go." And the, there's craziness at the house and yeah. Is it like her parents are really messed up or? And so so is she because oh. she's the one with the snake thing coming out of her mouth. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. All right, cool. Looks awesome though. Last thing I have is uh, there is a new. Uh, Freddy Krueger documentary coming out. It's called Night, uh, Nightmares in the Makeup Chair. Yeah, it looks awesome. Um, it was mostly filmed at uh, Chicago's Flashback Weekend in what 2014? When Something was like it? that? Yeah, I think it was like that. Uh, essentially, what it is, it's like it's Robert England sitting in the chair, having his makeup, having the the Freddy Krueger makeup applied by Robert Kurtzman, mm-hmm. and uh, one last time, one last time. And uh, and and kind of telling telling behind the scenes stories like f- cool fun anecdotes about the making of of the the franchise. So mm-hmm. it's um, pretty cool. And then this was like I don't like they said that he never really did a lot of photo ops in the makeup. Like he wouldn't go to conventions and stuff where people could get photos with him. So this was kind of like the first time that could ever happen. Is that yeah, what I was gathering? From I don't that? know if it was the first time. I don't. I, but it, I really but it don't didn't know. happen a lot, and um, it hasn't happened in years. So like people, you know, people got a ask, chance to do it at the flashback weekend. Which I should is cool. ask my buddy Ryan if he remembers there being camera people around because he actually went to it. He has a picture with oh, Freddy. He, he actually has a piece of Freddy's makeup really? from that thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and, and yeah, he's got a picture with him, the whole deal. So I, I wonder if he remembers there being any cameras around. Um, cool. Yeah, because that's only four and a half hour drive from from here. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so looking forward to that. That'll be cool. You got anything else? I think that's it. I think that's it for the news. Boom! That was the news. <laughs> I think you should always end it with that one. I like it. <laughs> I, I think that's the new bumper. Um, all right, so that takes us into. What we watched. See that? Which, uh, you got it. Did you see that? I didn't fuck it up this time. You got it. <laughs> I'm proud of him. He's learning, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> did you watch anything? <laughs> I did. Uh, <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if I, I finally <laughs> nope. hit it and neither one of us watched anything? All right, go ahead. Uh, I watched a movie called The Burrowers from 2008. Uh, directed by uh, J.T. Petty, starring Clancy Brown and Jocelyn Donahue. Oh, from uh, House, has, House yeah, of the Devil? Yeah, she's the... real small. She's a real small part in it. 
Um, oh, I think this was, this was in 2008. I don't. I forget when House of the Devil came out. Uh, like 2011 or yeah, 12 I was gonna say so. This like might have been before was, then, but yeah. um, uh, it's a Wild West horror movie, and I gotta be honest, I'm really loving Wild West horror movies. Between this one, The Burrows, I mean, hell, Tremors Four, uh, you have um, a Bone Tomahawk. Like, there's some really good oh, Wild really West. Liked- I really like Bone movies. Tomahawk. Or at least Wild West genre movies. Is there enough where we could actually do an episode yeah. on Wild West horror yep. movies sometime? Yep. That'd be sweet. That's that's the thing that's gonna happen. Alright, cool. Um so uh yeah, this one basically it's about a um a, it's a rescue party goes out and they set out to find a family of settlers that has vanished from their home. And they think that it's the uh the Indians, because back in the day everything was the Indians' fault. Native Americans. Not to them. Because they were mean. Oh. Okay. I'm, I'm going movies talk here. <laughs> Engines. Okay? Two, 2009 was House of the Devil, by the way, just to clear that up. Also, oh, it was right after this thing, yeah. so cool. Um, anyway, though, so but not to give the ending away, but it's kind of obvious from the, the trailer if you watch it. Uh, it's not the Indians. It is creatures, <laughs> and it's awesome. And it's, uh, it's basically these underground burrowing... Did you say it's called the burrows or the burrowers? Burrowers. Okay. Uh, and it's like these these underground, like, crawling creature things that look disgusting. Like, you know, a lot of times... So it's the so it's tremors. No, not at all. Because <laughs> the creatures look like crickets. Think of, think of a guy who is in full prosthetics, but he's walking with his belly towards the sky, and you see his knees up in the air oh, above yeah. his body. That's what they look like. Okay. Um, kind of like a cricket. Yeah. Like where how their knees go, bend, go up. Bend up, yeah. Bend up. Um, and the thing is, is most creatures, when you see them in these movies, they have the faces, and they, have, like, they look like sentient beings, if mm-hmm. you will. These ones don't. They look like disgusting, like just earthly... Oversized creatures. crickets. Yeah, not crickets. No, they're not like crickets, but they're... I don't know how to describe it. They're just gross looking. Like They look like something that would live underground that doesn't have anything appealing to us, you know? <laughs> if that makes sense. Do, do you normally <laughs> find something appealing in a in an underground dweller? I mean, sometimes. <laughs> those chuds were uh, pretty fancy. How about um, those, uh, the naked mole rats? I really dig those. Oh, I love those at the zoo. That's where I go. <laughs> um, no, no, it was, it was awesome. I, I don't want to say anything about the ending, so I won't. Other than the fact that I loved the ending. Loved mm-hmm. it, loved it. Um, so, yeah, so check it out. So, uh, I, I watched a movie, believe it or not, that didn't have to do with the tofu. Uh, it's called Soft for Digging. Before you get into it, yeah. High five! I kept that under three minutes. Nice man, good job. Yeah. Boom shakalaka. So so I got about <laughs> so I have about 20, 30 minutes to talk about this one. Then. <laughs> um, this was shot in nineteen ninety eight. It wasn't released until two thousand one. The reason being is that it was shot as a a, a, a film school thesis by J T Petty. Are you shitting me? Yeah, which is weird. I I decided to watch it today, and then I watched it. Did you was, look up his no, filmography or something? No, I didn't know that Whoa. JT Petty did the Burrowers, and I didn't know that until I watched this movie, and then I looked it up. It is so meta. I don't think that's damn. No, <laughs> no <laughs> about that. Not, <laughs> not right. So yeah, this was done uh, for JT for JT Petty's college thesis. It's it's pretty weird. Uh, the synopsis is. Uh, in this horror tale, a recluse named Virgil witnesses the murder of a young girl named Claire while searching the woods for his lost cat. Uh, when absolutely no evidence of the crime is found, the police stop believing Virgil's story. Haunted by nightmares of the girl's murder and by supernatural experiences, Virgil tries to piece together the bizarre mystery of Claire's life and death. The reason this movie is 
weird is well, first of all it was shot on 16 millimeter okay so, so I had a, does it look good it looked yeah because a lot of these college thesis movies <clears throat> tend to maybe not have that quality and i know that it sounds terrible for me to say i have a hard time watching those sometimes no this one actually looked really cool and like the the fact that it was shot on 16 millimeter that uh that kind of look i mean you know what a 16 yeah, millimeter yeah, yeah. uh print looks like it, it it's it's kind of grainy it's got the like the little pops and scratches yeah, pops and, and scratches on it and stuff and uh but it that that worked for what this movie was and the music that he chose or i don't i don't know who did the music for it i didn't look that up but uh it had kind of like a 60s 70s kind of kind of feel to it almost okay. like a like like a tv drama is it was supposed to, when is it supposed to take place in the 60s and 70s or um they never really say Okay. A I think ambiguous. No, I well now that I'm thinking like the cars were the cars were pretty like uh, uh, pretty accurate for the late nineties. Okay. So um <clears throat> it's weird, it's 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 basically a silent film. Because huh, because it's mostly soundtrack. There's like maybe four or five lines of dialogue. I wrote one of those once. And uh nobody cares about the shit that you wrote. No, it's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> I'm, I actually don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? You're just going to... Just go on. Nothing? Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's like four or five lines of dialogue, and most of those lines are just one word. Like the first the first line in the entire movie comes like 40 minutes in, and the, the guy just says, murder, and then that's it for like the next half hour, and then you really? hear another line. And it's it's interesting. It's very, very slow. It's essentially like you're just kind of following Virgil around on his like on his daily routine, and he kind of lives out in the you know middle of nowhere in the sticks. So you're just kind of following him around. Uh, it it's cool. Like the ending is cool, where you finally get into the the stuff that's supposed to be scary. I wouldn't really consider it like a a full on horror movie. It's more like a mystery drama kind of thing, and then and then finally toward the end you get like a little touch of horror okay so it was cool i mean uh like you said it's it was it was made as a college thesis sure, sure. so it was like there were problems with it but overall i thought it was i thought it was was it good for a college thesis project i don't watch a lot of college thesis product projects so i'm fair not enough, entirely sure but i thought it was cool you know well, if, you I thought, thought, if you thought that it was good i would say that it was a successful project yeah you know yeah you, i would i would say this like you got to be you got to be pretty patient with it because it does move very slow. That's fair. So, but it's only seventy-four minutes long. Oh well, that helps. Then. Yeah, so that helps. But um, yeah, that's it. That's all I have to say about that's all it. I got too. <laughs> uh, so before we head into the tofu, we're gonna get a we're gonna do a couple things here. Um, first of all, why don't we do our uh, our women in horror lists? Our yes. top six list. We chose our top six uh, for this week. We're doing our top six favorite. Uh, horror heroines or final girls if they live at the end. So, yes. Uh, who wants to take it away? Why don't you do it, Mike? Should we do? Uh, should we all go through our ones and then our twos and then our? Everybody, threes? same time, go. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just rattle off your six. Okay. okay are these in any particular order? They're not. Okay. They're not. Okay. Right. So uh, I starting off. Amy Steele. 
Of course. Jenny from Friday 2. Absolutely. She's amazing. I had the biggest crush on her. Not that that has anything to do with my thing, but, like, she's badass. Yeah. Like, she really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and believable, too. Plus smart, too. Like, how yeah. she tried to... She was, like, she's believable. Like, she imitated like, his mother to, to outsmart him. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Great. Uh, next up on the list, Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get... Uh, it does not that's get... That's what I thought of, too. Yeah. Doesn't get much better than yeah, Sigourney. Yeah, that's good. Um, number three, Mila Jovovich. Oh, right on. From... Uh, from well everything but <laughs> most what i think of most is obviously the resident evil series right and she is just a badass woman mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, i've heard the new one is incredible with a crazy twist ending i haven't seen oh, it a big twist that's what i hear i don't know I, that i can't speak to any validity but that's what i hear um camille keaton mm-hmm. y'all know who that is Mm-hmm. Uh, the name sounds familiar. Who's that? She is from the original. I spit on your grave. Oh, okay. I put there. I put her in my list because what she goes through in that movie is one of, it's one of the the cinematic experiences that one should only ever go through once. It's not an enjoyable watch. <laughs> no, no, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's um. Yeah, it's it, if you've seen it, you know you know why I'm at a loss for words because yeah. it's it's indescribably bad. Yeah. In in not in a bad acting way, but in a vile, disgusting, I hate the human race kind of way. Right. Uh, however, her revenge on those douchebags is probably the greatest thing ever. Just and, picks them off one by one oh, in some really brutal it's ways. Vindication in the greatest way possible. <laughs> um, following up, Danielle Harris. Oh yes, I love. Wow, I didn't even think about her now, actually. No, I love her early work as well. But what? brought me back around to her was the hatchet series yeah, yeah. and even though she wasn't in the first movie she replaced another actress whose name escapes me but in hatchet two and three though she's just badass you yeah. know and in the halloween movies like she's just awesome i love her mm-hmm. uh and 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 my sixth choice because i have giant worms on the brain <laughs> reba mcintyre reba reba <laughs> Heather Gummer. <laughs> she can use a gun better than anybody I know. Reba and just that, slays that, it. That, she deserves a spot on my list because... Reba needs to be in more movies as far damn. as I'm concerned. Because I love me some Reba. I want to see the Reba movie. I don't know why I have an accent all of a sudden. <laughs> That's exactly Reba. what she sounds like. You know, when she talks to you like I, that, I, she I, got I, that country accent. I want to see the Reba movie with Trammers. The comeback. There you go. They come back. Tremors. The comeback. Reba. <laughs> 2017. <laughs> All right, Jay, why don't you hit us with your list? Right, I'll be short and sweet with this one. I got Jamie Lee Curtis Halloween. Yep. Nev Campbell Scream. Ooh. Zelda Rubenstein, or is it Rubenstein? Uh, Rubenstein. Rubenstein. Uh, Poltergeist. To be honest with you, I'm not hard sure. Stein, potato, potato, who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Jodie Foster from Panic Room. I know Panic Room isn't technically a horror movie, but there's some yes, scary jumpy yeah, No, you know what I mean? Fuck like, that. Yes, it is. If you're stuck in that room doing what she had to go through, you'd be scared out of your mind. The most, it might not be a horror film, but it most, is a scary movie. The most horrifying part about that entire movie is Jared Leto's cornrows. Oh, no. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Who the hell thought that was a good idea? Uh, Virginia Madsen, Candyman. Yeah, that's and a good one. Gina Phillips from Jeepers Creepers. Nice. nice. So actually, from uh, from a little intel, what I've heard is that, and for Jeepers Creepers three, 
that it's kind of like a backstory on her a little bit. I don't know. Kind I of think I've heard, yeah. I heard about that I've heard too. That too like yeah. it's because uh, she's the she's the girl from the original Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers two didn't really have anything to do with her at all, right? It was just Justin Long came back. I've and only like some... seen Jeepers Creepers two once, so don't honestly question my. I think I've heard this too that the third one is going to be kind of like her story. Whatever and, that means. Like, she's I don't know if it's a backstory or if it's a future well, I think story. She, I, think, I think I've heard she's older and she now has a son. Okay. I don't know how it's going to play out. But Keep him just... away from the director. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, All right, James. What do you uh, got? My, my women of horror, my horror heroines, uh, I actually have a couple of the same ones as you guys. Um, Amy Steele, Jenny yeah. from Friday 2. Got to. Uh, Sharni Vinson from... You're next. Ooh. She played Aaron in You're yeah. Next. What a badass. <clears throat> yep. Because she ends up, uh, well, I don't know if I, this is kind of a spoiler. Yeah, she's a, she's like Just a. Just whisper it. They won't hear you. She's a survivalist. Oh. She's from a, she's from a survivalist <laughs> community. Ends up being like just a complete badass. Mm-hmm. Um, Naomi Harris, who plays Selena in 28 Days Later. Okay. Another badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rada Mitchell. Oh, I love Rada Mitchell yeah, so much. Uh, specifically for me, uh, I know that you say that her her best movie is Rogue. I just love that movie. I love a killer. <laughs> I love a good killer croc movie. And Rada Mitchell is a badass because she just takes charge and mm-hmm. she like uh, like what's his name? The guy from uh, Wolf Creek. I can never remember his name. The like Mick Taylor. Yes, Mick Taylor. Oh, uh, 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 John John Jarrett. Yes, like John that. Jarrett. Yeah. John Jarrett is in Rogue. Yeah completely unrecognizable mm-hmm. but he's in it and she just bosses him around like a boss like a boss yeah she's just awesome in that movie though um well specifically for me like i i, I love i love the movie silent hill mm-hmm. that's probably i don't think that's a super popular opinion i but i i am I, I forgot i can't believe i forgot about that i like, I like it that a, movie i like it a lot she plays rose de silva in that movie i just i thought she was awesome um because she's you know Terror, like she's, she's. We're gonna talk more about that movie in March. We are. Yep. Oh, okay. Because we're doing a horror video game okay. episode. Okay, cool. Or movies based on video games. This is news to me, but maybe that sounds we can, good. Nah, no, that wouldn't fit into there. There's one about it's news it, to me too. <laughs> animated horror that I would love to do. Oh yeah, we'll do. Oh, that. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. talked oh, about that on the list because there's that that YouTube short. Actually, it wasn't even YouTube. Was it back on E-Bombs World back in the day or something? E-Bombs Ooh. World. That's that I, that I would love to get into. Ebon's world uh, made me a man in some respects. <laughs> <laughs> about a uh, good old salad fingers, and, oh. and there's so much. I would love to bring that. There's so much like like conspiracies about that. Yep. That's the salad fingers. Even without the conspiracies, creepy. Yep. Got some rusty spoons. <laughs> First, I should like to touch this rusty kettle. Uh, Can I finish on. my list, guys? No, yeah, not sorry. moving on. That's only four. So Rada, Rada Mitchell uh, in Silent Hill, Jamie Lee Curtis, which I think did you say already? I did, yeah. Uh, you, from, you can borrow her from Halloween. Well, then I'll go. Uh, I'll go Halloween. H two O Resurrection <laughs> was the was Resurrection the really terrible one. Resurrection was the one with Buster Rhymes. Yeah. Mm, I thought that was H two O. No, H two O. H two O L L. Deepest, bluest. My head is like a shark's fin. <laughs> All right, <laughs> rounding rounding off my list is uh, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, who played Julie James in I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, okay. uh, mostly because that was uh, that was my first horror movie I ever saw in theaters, and I've liked uh, I've liked Jennifer Love Hewitt ever since she was in the movie Munchies. Munchie. 
Not the, uh, not the, because there was like a horror comedy called Munchies, right? Yes. This uh, is. I think so. This was Munchie, which was a, a terrible like Disney movie about a kid who finds a little gremlin who sings show tunes, and it's really awful. But Jennifer, <laughs> but it, but Jennifer sounds, Lo- sounds amazing. But Jennifer Love Hewitt, it was like one of her first roles, I think. So interesting. Yep. So that's my list right there. Uh, next week we will have, I believe, our favorite like evil evil women in horror so this week was badass girls next week is just just bad bad. girls (laughs) (laughs) um and then uh before we get into the tofu we're gonna pull one of our beers here and and see what we're working with who's first i don't know oh god i I actually need a beer so i guess i'll go first. all right you got the blueberry maple stout which has a picture of a a lumberjack (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> With a stack of blueberry pancakes and a and a big big frosty stout next to him from Sagatuck Brewing Company right here in Michigan. Nice. All right. What's I got the this. backstory? Wait, Michael. that is from Michigan, right? Sagatuck, New York. I don't know. Maybe this will be a correction for next week because I don't see it on the bottle here. Uh, oh, you know, Douglas, Michigan. Yeah. You're right. Look at that Blue Star Highway. I haven't oh, yeah. heard of that. All right, I got this. Look okay. Because Saugatuck is in Michigan. Yeah. Isn't there it? was a giant <laughs> fire. There was a giant fire at the flower factory in Saugatuck, <laughs> Michigan, and uh, there was this guy named uh, Jack Squanson, <laughs> and he worked in the factory. Okay, he was a big burly guy. He worked. You know, he loved loved his job. Man's man. You know, I mean, he made flour for a living, right? <laughs> So real so, man's work. Real man's work. So they rebuilt the factory after after the flour factory burnt down, uh-huh. and now every time you eat a pancake made with, you know, uh, uh, what's, what's the company name? Saugatuck Flour. That is really creative. Yeah, Saugatuck. Okay. Uh, 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 what's, a, what's a better name? Tagasuck. Tagasuck flour. So every time you, you eat pancakes made with Tagasuck flour, if you say, if you don't put, he, he this guy loved pancakes. Yeah. Okay. Jack loved pancakes. Right. So if you eat pancakes that don't have syrup on it, you're conjuring dead Jack. And he comes back and he boogeyman haunts the shit out of you. Okay. <laughs> so so basically he boogeyman haunts nobody because who the hell eats pancakes without syrup? So uh, There are some people that put just butter. There are some people that put powdered sugar. There are some people that smash up berries and call it syrup. That ain't fucking syrup. No, that's not syrup. All that's right. ridiculous. That ain't syrup. Uh, have, you ever, have you ever taken two le- like leftover? I'm not done with my story. Oh, you're not? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. So the way that he kills you... Mm-hmm. Is that he? You know, you know the, the the syrup taps from the maple trees. Yeah, that's his weapon. Only it's attached to his arm. <laughs> he doesn't have a fist. He has a syrup tap, and so he, he he shoves the tap down your throat, lets it loose, and you burst f- at the seams from overindulgence of pure maple syrup. <laughs> wait, so <sighs> wait, he's pumping syrup into you? Yep. That sounds Straight fantastic. Yeah, that's not a bad way to go. But so much that you just burst, like like <laughs> like, the, like the chicken slither, like just just bursts after she's blown up. Oh yeah, that and that is and that, that is the story of Pantagonuck Phil. <laughs> His name was Jack, I thought. Pantagonuck Jack. <laughs> you're the, you're bad at this. A real working man. Uh, it's Groundhog Day. It's Groundhog Day. Why don't you crack that open so we can try it? <laughs> Oh, we don't have glasses. Mr. Sagatuck Maple Stirrer. <laughs> Remember 
remember those commercials? Yeah, I think that was a good start. Commercials, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that, that was, was a good start. Yeah, call me crazy. We need glasses so that we can all was, try that. Oh, we can. Well, none of us are sick, no, right? We're no. We're just gonna pull off that. Sick in the head. <laughs> so that takes us into the tofu, you guys. Until the next beer is pulled, and then we'll make up another horrible story. Mm. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> That's really. Does good. it taste like blueberries it and maple? It really, really does. All right. So why don't you start with the can tofu? Can you have maple? I can have maple. Okay. I don't know. I we're at the tofu. Since uh, since since well, he since can't have maple, honey. I was thinking there's honey in it. Since since maple, no honey. Since okay. maple trees aren't animals, <laughs> Mike. Uh, but maple syrup is honey. Fine. Honey is not an animal either. So it's made by it, animals. But see, well, that's one of those borderline things, and I just live a strictly plant-based diet. That's so. fair. That's fair. That's are there some people that wouldn't eat that? Wow. Are there some vegans that are crazy that wouldn't eat that maple syrup? Yeah. No. Okay. It's not an animal product, Mike. Plants are alive, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that actually tastes like blueberry pancakes. I know. That's amazing. That would be the opposite. That'd be someone who's strictly carnivorous. I'm strictly carnivorous. Uh, carnivorous, Guys, I only eat... We're an hour into this when we haven't touched the tofu. <laughs> the kick off the tofu. <laughs> yeah, take it away, like, Michael. We only have a few. <laughs> Dude, isn't that good? I told you to kick off the That's tofu really five good. minutes ago, and you right, didn't do it. Go! Tofu. Go! Um. Wait, 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 oh, wait, doing, wait, wait. You're doing awesome! Wait, you know what this wait. beer tastes like? It tastes like a black and mild. <laughs> you think so? I think it tastes like blueberry pancakes. I think it's a, blue, a blueberry pancake. Mike, black and, <laughs> stop talking to us and do the tofu. You're fired, Sarah. Right, you're we'll, in. We'll, we'll, just, tag, we'll tag discuss other things. Sorry. This week on the Buzzkill Podcast. So, uh, so there's this movie called Sinister. It was pretty good. James, what did you think? Sinister? Oh, hold on. Let me talk about some other shit for like five minutes before I get to it. <laughs> All right, listen. We actually re- we actually rewatched Sinister for this uh, we did, for we this did. episode. Um, we both watched it maybe two years ago, which means I didn't remember anything. Yeah, because uh, Mike has to watch <laughs> notoriously. Mike has to watch things twice to take in any amount of detail from a movie. Um, we both loved it the first time we saw it, and we both loved it this time that we saw it. <clears throat> and uh, so, a brief synopsis of Sinister is uh, washed-up true crime writer Ellison Oswalt, Ellison Oswalt, played by Ethan Hawke, uh, finds a box of Super 8 home movies that suggest the murder he is currently researching is the work of a serial killer whose work dates back to the 1960s. Yeah. Um, this was uh, directed by Scott Derrickson, who did The Exorcism of Emily Rose, yeah. Deliver Us from Evil. I forgot uh, that. Doctor di- Strange. Yeah. I didn't know that he just directed Doctor oh, Strange. Oh, yeah. so that's, that's, awesome. his, that's his biggest thing to date. Oh, clearly. yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I forgot that Scott Derrickson did this, and I'm a big fan of Derrickson. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I just completely forgot about it. But, uh, yeah, this movie is... Have you seen this, Jeff? Uh, no. have not. You should watch I was this. Thinking, put you this should one watch on, this movie. Put this, this one on your watch awesome. list, because it's... Uh, it's fantastic, you know. Right. It's it's got all of the, the the great qualities that you expect from like a boogeyman type flick, in that you don't know what's going on at first, and you 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 see it little by little until yeah. the end where it really reveals itself. You know, it's like it's like a kid at night when he's he thinks there's a boogeyman in his room, but he doesn't really know for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's not until he sees that hand around the closet door, and then he gets real freaked out. And yeah, it's, it's like that journey, you know. You know what I wish that might is, not have made any sense. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what I really wish is that they like. I almost wish that when they were promoting this movie, they wouldn't have even. Uh, so so the the demon or the uh, the deity Mick, in this movie, Mick from Slipknot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> the deity from this movie, his name is Bagul. Um, 
and he he's the child eater basically and he uh I kind of, what I was saying, I kind of wish that, like, in promotions for this movie and stuff, they would never have even told you that it was about a demon. Because, yeah, it would have been, because you would have went into it, it, it still would have been a scary movie because this guy's, like, trying to figure out what the hell's going on with these murders, and then all of a sudden, all these Super 8 reels end mm-hmm. up, like, in his possession, it's and cre- he's watching these murders take place on these films. I, Super 8 and movies then if, creep me out for you, the record oh yeah well because of the way they yeah, look it just, like it just has that like sort and of the way that this movie sets up the way that he finds them the way snuff, that he watches them is they have that snuff film quality to them yeah absolutely. no matter what absolutely um, and actually the the films in this movie were were shot on Super 8 like the actual Super oh, 8 portions they actually of shot the, them yeah, on that yeah. oh. they didn't just um, use the Instagram filter <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, it, it's uh yeah, anyway, so it's about um, Ellison Oswald, who is, he's, he's, me and Mike had a discussion about what makes somebody washed up. Yeah. I'd say he's washed up. I disagree with that terminology. Well, I think that if you're, if you're, if you're still consistently working, and just because you had like a big hit 10 years ago, if you're consistently working still, and you're putting your heart and soul into what you're doing, and it's just not hitting, that does not mean that you're washed up. Let's go back to let's go back to Ian Zeering and Tara Reed for a second. Okay. From Sharknado Five. Okay. <laughs> I would consider them washed up. They're both not really all that. Well, as Tara Reed isn't really working. She does Sharknado movies and that's it. Right. It's a quick cash grab paycheck. Yeah. Much get, much like in this movie, uh, so Ellison Oswald writes writes a writes moving... a book called writes a book called Kentucky Blood, which is a huge hit. It's basically like. Well, I, I can't say that because he says that this new book is going to be his version of In Cold Blood. But Kentucky Kentucky Blood was like his his huge hit. It was the one that got him on TV. Even the local law enforcement agreed that was he got that one right. Right. And then he put out a couple mm-hmm. of stinkers. Mm-hmm. So at this point, he's not really doing too much. It's, it's 10 years removed from Kentucky Blood, and he put out a couple of stinkers, and he's not really doing too much. So then he's on, he's on this case. And he thinks that this is going to be his in cold blood, because he comes in possession of these tapes that are are actually showing the murders of these families randomly up in his yeah they just kind of up in his attic they're like, just they're up in there. his attic. Important to mention, I'm this is also like heavy heavy spoilers by the way. Um, uh, he's he has moved his family into the house of one of the previously murdered families. Which his family doesn't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what a dick. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, and then he finds, like, he starts, he starts noticing this figure in all of the, in all of the videos and uh, turns out to be Mick Thompson from Slipknot, <laughs> as Mike, as Mike it's mentioned. True. It's no, true. He looks if, like him. If you don't know what Bagul looks like, uh, just look up. Mick Thompson from Slipknot, and then you know what Bagul looks like because it literally is the same exact thing. Here's a fun fact, though, and it's actually accurate, Michael. Um, My one was today, <laughs> Sarah. Until the Sarah, corrections for next yourself. week. <laughs> uh, Bagul from from the movie was originally going to look like uh, Johnny Depp's version of Willy Wonka. Could you okay. imagine? Could you imagine that? It would just be stupid. It would look weird. Right? Well, they realize that they're like, "This, this is gonna look dumb." So, um, <laughs> <laughs> and the director like suddenly on the radio saying, like, "I uh, felt it was actually the happy. it was actually the writer, uh, C, um, C. Robert Cargill. He realized that it was gonna look stupid, 
So he kind of scoured the internet for images of like creepy looking deities and stuff, okay. and he found one that looked like Bagul. He bought the rights to it, and that's essentially where that image one of, came from. Um, one of my favorite things about the movie is that they it wasn't just him trying to figure this out on his own. I always love in these types of movies when they bring an expert in that knows all the history about these old ancient occultal things yeah. and like they know the symbols and they know this and in this particular case it's played by the ah fantastic um Vincent D'Onofrio <clears throat> who un- I am an, I'm embarrassed to say this until I saw Vincent D'Onofrio in the in the Daredevil series it's swill I'll drink it at that point <laughs> um until I saw Vincent D'Onofrio in the Daredevil series I I, I always knew the name but he looks so different in everything that he's done. Mm-hmm. I've never been able to pick him out. And it wasn't until I watched that series where you see him episode <clears throat> after episode after episode that I really got ingrained in what he looks like. And now I'm, he's popping up everywhere. I never realized how far spread his, his reach was, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, so when I saw him in this, I had watched this movie years ago, didn't even know who he was. Mm-hmm. Rewatched him, like, fucking... Wait, you, pin, you pin, literally pin, you know? didn't know who he was? No. Like, you... you kn- you didn't know him as an actor, like you didn't I know. know who I didn't Vincent know. D'Onofrio I didn't was? know that that oh, you face didn't realize it was belonged him. to Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, okay, I that, got that's you. what I'm saying. Like, right on. So it's just cool. It's cool to see that because he's incredible in everything he does. Yeah, uh, and in this role <laughs> Have too. Have you ever seen Adventures in Babysitting? Yes. <laughs> Have you seen it? He's, uh-huh. he's yeah. Thor from Adventures in ah. Babysitting, like the not literally Thor, but the uh, the the guy who the little girl thinks is Thor. Mm-hmm. He's the guy in the garage. That one floored me when I got older and I actually became aware <laughs> oh of who my he is. God. And I went back and I watched Adventures in Babysitting. And I was like, holy shit! It's Vincent D'Onofrio is all ripped and looking. <laughs> Looking like a demigod. Um, um, so yeah, this uh, <clears throat> one thing I like. One thing I love about this movie is the music. Uh-huh. The music is just, especially during the the um, the snuff films. Yeah, like the music is just absolutely creepy. But then I f- I find out like especially the uh, the music that really struck me is during the 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 burning scene. Yeah, and it's actually a. Uh, it's the song Gy- in the car yeah yeah it's the song gyroscope by boards of canada and um if like i went back and i listened to this song as i was like i, I was putting putting my notes together yesterday and i was like i kind of want to listen to this song removed from the movie to see what it's like and it's not nearly as creepy which is it's weird how you can take a song that is not creepy and couple it with really spooky imagery and it just completely changes the right. character of the song yeah. you know what i mean absolutely so um i thought that was really cool <clears throat> um well, let's speak of the the boogeyman of the movie though um oh bagul yeah yeah he um so i'm sorry that you haven't seen this we're hey, completely spoiling everything for you <laughs> he's basically this uh he's this deity who lives within the images of of the himself, photos, which is like, fo- yeah. like Vincent D'Onofrio's character explains that like most of the images of him have even, been destroyed. Even, even paintings and drawings and stuff have been destroyed so because there's, there's people very, were, very little for him to go off of to try to understand what's going well, on. Well, people were just so uh, um, superstitious about about his powers, like being able to come out of these uh, images or even pull people into the images and like and, and trap them. That they just destroyed everything. So he managed to find like two old uh, illustrations, which the illustrations that he sends to him 
uh, Bagul is showed as a snake in one mm-hmm. and a scorpion in one. Uh-huh. And if you remember in the movie, Ethan Hawke actually goes up into the attic at, kills a at one point. He kills a scorpion sees and then he goes, snake. yeah, he sees a snake. Yep. Yeah, so this, movie is, cool. this movie is really well written. It's got it's, a lot of layers to yeah. it, and it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, uh, I, another thing, another thing. Uh, sorry, not not to get off of Bagul again, but like I really liked um, Ethan Hawke. Seemed really genuine in this movie. He did. I agree. Ethan Hawke's a fantastic actor in his own to begin with. You know. Yeah. Um, this movie though was I, I almost wished he would do more horror movies because he feels mm. very at home in acting in that sort of capacity. You know. Well, we we kind of discussed where like it it almost seems like they didn't tell him what was going to happen in the scenes. It seems like it, or he's just that good of an actor. Uh, it, I actually read that 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 was the case, oh, okay. es- especially with the snuff films. Like he never watched the snuff films prior to prior to the scenes, so they actually just. They hit record. They turned on the snuff films for him and just let him like he got into character and just reacted the way. So it was like natural. Reaction. It was natural reactions because so, uh, these are pre- they're pretty horrifying scenes. That's the best part about casting people who don't typically do genre movies, mm-hmm. you know, all that much, at least horror movies. Right. Because if you were to put a guy like Kane Hodder, for example, in that seat, he'd look at it, and goes, oh. He'd probably laugh. Yeah, he goes, "Oh, <laughs> look at those kids. They're dead." <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like the whereas, like the lawnmower scene is actually like I I read a few articles. It's top it it, it like topped lists in the in the last really? few years. It was like it's top, so nondescript. It, it topped lists as like some like one of the scariest scenes. You know what you could do? You could put somebody in that scene and that hasn't <clears throat> seen the films. Yeah, and you could tell them you know these are real snuff films that we found across the internet. Things like you know, it, and then they would really react, oh, like, really yeah. emotional, well, rather that than would, trying yeah. to fake it while they're acting. Like if they they know they're acting, even even if they haven't seen it before, and some of that real emotion is going to come out. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. If they're, like, if they're thinking while they're acting the scene and being filmed, they go, "Oh my god, this is true." It's <laughs> maybe legit, like, maybe he wasn't watching those actual films, and they were just playing three guys one hammer oh gosh like every time the no because then he'd be throwing up in a bucket the whole time <laughs> maybe substitute out two brothers one donkey <laughs> one guy one jar or Mr. Hands you remember that one no the one where the guy gets banged by a horse and then dies no nobody's seen that no. one that's a fun one uh, <laughs> to the Google yeah uh, no don't watch that it's terrible it'll be on Trump's watch list don't do it don't do it um, <laughs> Sarah's like, I'm not listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so interestingly enough, I this is uh, the 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 writer of this movie, C. Robert Cargill. He came, he actually came up with the idea for the movie after watching The Ring, and then he had a really? night, and then he had a nightmare uh, about basically this idea. Woke up and you know he's one of those people who can actually remember their nightmares when they wake up i'm jealous i, I can wish I, could. I, I can can't. but you can't nope. um so and then he you know wrote this awesome movie but uh yeah it's kind of i mean like I, it's as far as the uh as far as the as far as the actual boogeyman goes i would say that he really he's one of as far as i our cart our criteria goes he fits it pretty much perfectly. He does. I agree. Another one that fits it very perfectly is Zababadook. Ooh, Zababadook. Zababadook. <laughs> Man. AKA one of the reasons this podcast exists. The, yeah, absolutely. Because we, there were two movies, I think I think we've mentioned before that there were two movies in particular where uh, Mike and I, 
we watched the movies and then we got into like three hour conversations yeah, afterwards. We really did. Just kind of like some just crazy ca- off the wall theories, which just is the really, best part. Yeah, about just this. like digging into what things could mean and and uh, and then you know eventually we both go to the internet to see what other people are t- are talking about and yeah. uh, and that just. That just um, makes it even so worse. So here's a rundown of what the Babadook is. A single mother plagued by the violent death of her husband battles with her son's fear of a monster lurking in the house, but soon discovers the sinister presence all around her. I had a longer one, but that's that's fine. I mean, that's essentially it. It's a uh, yeah. The the so what happens is is her kid is a bit uncontrollable. I don't know if he's if he's got something. Maybe a little off kilter about him, or if he's got attention problems, or what it is. Yeah, he might have like a like ADHD something, or, or something yeah. like that. Um, but he's he's he's. I don't want to say he's, that he's a nightmare, but he's he's, un, he's unruly. Yeah, like he screams a lot. He, you know, he's she can't handle him, especially by herself dealing with the grief of her husband who died in a bad car accident while she was there on the hospital on their way to the hospital to give birth to him. Right. So whenever she looks at her child, all she sees is dead husband her dead husband and so she is and it, struggling it, it this really makes for us like a really sad it does uh, like it a does. sad relationship between the two of them because it's we, almost like she resents him i rewatched this um this is the third time that i've seen it now and the first two times i watched them was back to back when we first saw it the first time and so i hadn't seen it in, oh you rewatched it right away yeah i did did you well, <laughs> when i bought it because i bought it oh, almost okay, right okay. afterwards but um uh, so it's been a few years, and I rewatch it now. And honestly, this third viewing, after I was a little bit removed from my first experience, mm-hmm. uh, it hit me even harder. Like I was, I was watching. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you. My, I was, my eyes were swelling up a little bit because Aww. I felt so bad Mikey. for this mother. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I touched my eyes with like habaneros or something. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. But no, it's just I felt bad though for the mother though, because you can tell that she's literally, she's walking this tightrope tightrope line and on one side it's loving her son and on the other side it's resenting him mm-hmm. because of her husband's death you know right. and it's like like she's straight up tormented like this is this is like textbook like depression depression yeah yeah it really is and if, and if you and if you watch the movie it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out the whole movie is a bit of an analogy for somebody dealing with really bad depression right and that's part of that's part of what spun us out into uh into a three-hour conversation because we choose to look at it way differently <laughs> there well there's a few yeah there's a few different theories that uh we well, well we, let me let me let me let me finish the synopsis sure. yeah here. go ahead so um so the son is is a bit unruly he's obsessed with magic he's obsessed with um entertaining for his father like he loves going through his father's things well, she his, can't handle because well, his father was also a magician Yes, we'll get back there. Was he for sure? He, yes, was, a, he, was. he was a musician. No, he was no. He was a musician. He was a magician. <laughs> Did we watch the same movie? Yeah. <laughs> Mike apparently needs to watch no. a movie four times for it no, to because, sink in. No, because there was a there was a fiddle in the basement, and he had a bunch of sheet music down there. He was a musician. No, I, I, Maybe he was a magic magician musician. <laughs> <laughs> regardless of which, regardless of which, the kid plays a lot of stuff. The mother can't deal with it, and the kid claims to see um, the Babadook. He gets his book randomly on his bookshelf. The mother reads it to him and explains the story of the Babadook. You know. And it's like, and and the Babadook ends up being real. And the book keeps coming back, no matter what the mother does. The kid sees it; he's freaking out. Mother can't deal with it, and then it just spirals into this madness. Well, and he keeps, he keeps, yeah, he keeps claiming to see it all over the house, and yeah. and even when they're out 
other places. It's affecting her relationship with her her sister because he keeps telling stories of the Babadook to uh, to her kid and stuff like that. Yeah. And so it's really tearing the mother and the son apart. And like you say, there's uh, to me there's like a there's a huge transi- transition where at first you kind of feel bad for the mother because you see that she's going through this and uh, she can't really handle her son all the yeah. time. But then there's a huge transition after the book appears, after she reads the story. And then it goes from feeling sorry for the mother to feeling sorry for the son. I'd say like the first third of the movie, you you know, you're you're feeling for the mom and then like yep. and then all of a sudden you're just like, Oh, this poor kid. She takes a dive and all well, of a sudden the kid is the rational Well they lit yeah, they literally switch roles. Like he becomes almost like the, the caregiver mm-hmm. because she's just losing her mind. And the kid loves his mother so much too. Yeah, that's, that's another thing that strikes me is like this kid just like when he's and it makes almost sense in the beginning of the movie when he's being this unruly kid, you realize like if if you if you could see some monster that was attacking somebody mm-hmm. and nobody else could see it, right? And if it was right behind like your mother, mm-hmm. wouldn't you be screaming your head off just mm-hmm. to get some sort of attention as to what you're seeing and building weapons? That's what he's doing, <laughs> yeah. And so, like the beginning almost makes sense once the second half starts, right? You kind of get why he was acting that way, even though it drove his mother crazy. And there's a, a lot of the movie plays out where you're not sh- you're not entirely sure. It almost seems like uh, like she's just feeling the effects of because she hasn't slept in weeks yep and neither is the kid and but it's for different reasons like he says that he's seeing monsters everywhere and she's just trying to deal with her kids so she's not sleeping yeah but then she actually starts to see what he's seeing yeah uh which is the babadook which brings us to our actual topic (laughs) (laughs) it is freaky yeah and this pop-up book Oh, that's awesome. I want one. I'm just going to put this out here. The Blu-ray came with a pop-up version of The Outer Shell. Did it really? And I have it, and it's amazing. <laughs> so good. They actually, when they were, uh, when they were, because I think that they did a crowdfunding campaign for a portion of this movie. Yep. And uh, they actually made like 9,500 of those books, oh, like the one. actual book. And you could, if you donated $80, which seems oh. like a small price. For, for something like that, yeah. Well, absolutely. especially because it, it Is came... It the whole book? It was the whole book that you see in the movie, plus more added on. Oh, I'm in. And it would have been amazing. Oh. It's like, <laughs> um, you would never want your kids to see it, though, because it's like the like the scariest children's book ever written. <laughs> um, Essie Davis, who played Amelia... Was amazing. The mom. Incredible. Uh, you know, they don't give Academy Awards to people in horror because... Uh, you know, because the Academy Awards are all frou frou, and it has to be a, has on, to be a, what? On that topic, can I just say, why in the fuck did they discontinue the Scream Awards? Scream Awards <laughs> were those the ones on MTV? No, no, they were on um, <laughs> Sci-Fi. I think. Oh, they were. It was it was big to do though. You ever watched them? I watched the old ones. Like they were a huge genre sci-fi horror awards show, and it was. Awesome. Are you sure they discontinued them? Yeah, oh yeah, they discontinued in like 2004 or 2006, something like that. No. I would never, yes, they did. Yes. We'll we'll look it up, but it wasn't yeah. that long ago. Uh, maybe 2011. I don't know. It was <laughs> maybe 2004, for, maybe 2011. It's been Who gone for knows? a few years. Is my point. But it was like big enough to where like they had Bill Murray accept an award for Zombieland in all Ghostbusters gear for the first time in years. Yeah. Like that's a like it was awesome. You know. 
Sorry, well, continue though. But that awards show was fantastic. <laughs> it needs to come back. Um, like right. I said, uh, oh, it was 2011. No, I, that. I knew something. Well, you were, yeah, you were seven years I took off. Three at first. strikes, but I got it on the <laughs> third strike. So, um, uh, so aside from it being like this, because this whole movie, like aside from being like a boogeyman movie, it's a, it's mostly a kind of a character study of the sure. mom and the son, but the actual Babadook. Uh, is pretty freaking terrifying. He is very scary. Like I, like I still. He looks like an like an old man picture from a silent movie, cut out and animated. Well, he was. Does that act- make sense? Well, he was actually designed to look like. Um, it does make sense. Yeah, but because uh, he was he was designed to look like. Um, uh, Lon- London after midnight. Lon Chaney in London after midnight. Yeah. They call this. A, I don't. I actually have to look up the history of of uh, this movie. They call it the like the lost movie, London after midnight. I don't know yeah. if it is. Do I've, you know anything I've, about I've, it? Yeah, I've heard about it. It's a lost film. Uh, just, we know that it, there's we know nothing that, in we existence know that it existed. except for stills. Yeah. No, we know that it existed. We know that it was a thing that was made. However, there's no surviving copies of really? it. Really? It's one of those. Uh, it's kind of like uh, Edison's Frankenstein. You yeah. Know what I'm talking about. Oh uh, yeah. That movie was lost for years and years and years and years, and then maybe something like ten years ago. I'll correct myself if I'm wrong, but like somebody randomly came across a reel that had it. Yeah. And it's like from 1910. Yeah. Or something like that. Like it's super early. It's one I remember, of the first I remember movies you showing yet. that to me. That was crazy. Um, that was a lost film up until they found it. So that's not to say that London After Midnight isn't somewhere, but there's no copy. But nobody, of it. nobody. We knows. know it was made, but there's no copy. Yeah, of it. that's really weird. Um, but yeah, he's uh, so if you if you haven't seen the movie and you don't mind the spoiler, he's kind of he's like. He's just this tall, shadowy figure in like a long trench coat and a big old top hat. Yep. His face is stark white with like big black bah, eyes bah, bah, and like do, do. <laughs> and, and a black <laughs> mouth and his fingers are long and pointed. Uh, creepy. And he looks scary as hell. He craw- crawls across the ceiling. Yep. It's it's cool because like in the movie before she actually starts seeing the Babadook itself. Uh, it's he's suggested in many places. Like yes. there will be like a coat and a hat hanging on at the police station. Yeah, the, yep. at the police station. Then there's well, even before even in that, her room. in her room, yeah, there's just like a coat and a hat hanging on the wall, and it's it doesn't come at her or anything like that. It's just in the corner of the shot, and you see it. It's just kind of there. You see it. It's there, and it's suggested. You don't like. You might even miss it at first, yep. but then when you go back and look at it again, it's like oh shit! It's like <laughs> there he is right there. Yep. Which is why it kind of brings up, like, to me, this whole movie, not only, like you said, it's kind of an allegory for depression or grief, yep. but it kind of makes you wonder if the entire movie is just, like, just all a figment of her imagination because There's she's so messed that up. Halfway through the movie, it stops being real, and, like, the second half of the movie is all in her head. Yeah. There's theories about that. There's theories about how. The father used to be a magician, as was, which is why we were confused about this earlier. Yeah, is that the father used to be a magician, and it's possible that when he died, his soul got transferred somewhere else, and like there's this weird transfer of. Without giving anything away, we can't get into it too much. But like, there's a lot of theory. Go on Reddit. To if you're go on Reddit and listen and read the fan theories after you watch the movie, and there's a lot of really really interesting takes on what it could mean. To me, to me, one of the things that always conf- confused me or interested me is 
Uh, aside from when you hear him say his own name, Babadook, when you, beside, like, every time you hear him talk, he sounds like, it sounds like a recording on, like, a really old tape recorder. Like, when she goes down to the basement and her husband is there. Oh, yeah. And then he's, oh, this part gives me the willies. Yep. When, you know, she's like, she's like, I thought you were dead, and blah, blah, blah. and he says, we can be together forever. Bring and me the boy. But when he says, you can bring me the boy. Yeah. You can bring me the boy. It sounds like... It's he, weird. He was, talk, he was talking normal before, but then all of a sudden when he starts saying that, it sounds like it's coming out of an older quarter. Sort of. I didn't pick it up too, too much. It might be there a little bit subconsciously, but yeah. No, like, it's no, it's like it's it's there. It's right up in the forefront. Up. Well, I'm not gonna, you might be right. That's because you don't pay up, attention to movies when you watch them. <laughs> Shut up. Um, um, but I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think this is a great movie. Uh, one of the... I think it's better than great. I think this is a... It's a landmark in horror, to be honest with you. In, in, yeah. in the current like culture of horror movies, I think this is one of the more important movies because it does it does what it does so well. Well, and it's cool too because I mean it's kind of it's it's pretty much devoid of jump scares, you know. Yeah. It's sort of a slow burn, as terrifying as it is. It's kind of a slow burn, and even even the parts where like it does scare you, it's not a, like a cheesy jump scare. It's like something that you see coming, but it still terrifies you, which is mm -hmm. cool. And also, I'll just bring up this before we move on. For some reason, once the Babadook changes forms or whatever, yeah, um, the you and I both noticed the sound effect that that like his scream. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. It's the T Rex from the Land Before Time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also uh, Mataro from Mortal Kombat. Oh that, shit! That you're right. kind of reptilian scream. So. Uh, I love how Sarah. I love how Sarah. You say it's it's from the land before time. She goes, oh, is it? You I go, just read it's Montaro. That. She goes, no, oh yeah. I, I just read that. that Mortal Kombat. I was like, no, it's from all the sound see, effects are from video games. See, uh, I noticed that when I was reading about. That's it. because no nobody knows the deep cuts like <laughs> land be, like the land before time. When you're talking to horror fans, they're gonna know more so about you know Fair Mortal enough. Kombat and Montaro. But if you go back and watch Land Before Time, circa 1987 or whatever it was, hey, I just bought that for your kid this year that's right you did and if you listen to the t-rex when he's uh like falling into the into the lake mm -hmm. same scream yeah yeah yes that, all right so exactly before we move that. on to our next movie <laughs> it's beer time oh it's beer time for somebody one of you uh jay you want yeah, to i'll take one what the hell okay put that put that thinking cap on <laughs> jay's got uh, farmhand french style farmhouse ale from brewery vivant and it's got a picture of a man uh, tilling the land. What, He's got you, a sickle in his yeah, hand. That's, you know what's that's, crazy? That's because what I, I saw that. I'm like, it's a sickle. I didn't see this no, picture. That's not a sickle. It's a scythe. A scythe. I'm a sorry, scythe. The sickle's a little the hand, like handheld hand one. one. Yep. Uh, but but similar in, in yeah, effect. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. I, di I didn't see this picture at all, and I was thinking of a sickle to my story. Actually, before you even pulled that beer out, when, okay. you, when you read the name. The farm hand, the man worked on the farm all day long with the sickle. Even though the sickle is not that there in the picture. You may not know this about this man, but he was a very hard worker. He stayed out there long before time, after his family went to bed. And finally one day his youngest son came out to say, Daddy, what are you doing in the farmhouse? And he killed his son. Oh my God. Just because he asked him what he was doing there? Just because... And like, so one by one, everyone, where, where, did, where, did, where did Dave go? I don't know. Well, let's go. Maybe he's by Dad. Dad, what are you doing in the farmhouse? 
and he killed his other son and he went through until all 47 of his children were dead and then he sickled himself because he was a sicko a sickle the sicko. end <laughs> that was good thanks man <laughs> that is the story of the that is the story of the farmhand by Bruyere Vivant Jay French style farmhouse out. can I see that can I see that it tastes like scrambled eggs <sighs> this oh one's God. actually got something on the side do you want me to read it I don't care. No? Okay, we'll just... It doesn't matter. Go ahead and open it up. <laughs> it's uh, from my favorite brewery in the world, though. Uh, it's from your favorite brewery, but this is easily their worst beer. Well, okay, so <laughs> long story short, before we try this, uh, I had brought home... No, I didn't bring home... No, I didn't bring home the growler of this one. We actually got this in cans. This was cans, um, yeah. At the, at the brewery, it's good. The I've actually had this since we had it last time. Um... At the brewery, it's delicious. We had it in cans, though. Something was missing. Like I don't know if it was canned for a long time ago or what, what it was. You but liked it. I Well, know. also on the label, it says, why cans? And then it says, better for your beer. Well, there you go. So right. taste it. What do you think? I thought it was better to drink stuff out of glass. But who am I? Well, can technology. Solid beer. Can technology has come a long way. Solid this beer. Is, this is, uh, th- yeah, this will be, I'll be interested in trying this again because the first time I tried it, I didn't like it, which is rare for me to not like a beer. Because I like all beers. You take. I, I still like it. I still like it. Okay. It's a little bit different. I've never it's not, had it's it not a standard ale, but it's it's different. It's got a nice carbonation level to it. Oh yeah, I don't know why I hated that so much the first time <laughs> I tried it. He talked down so harsh on this beer I was, too. No, I, 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 we were sitting there watching a it movie. It must have been a bad batch or it was sitting for a long we time. We were sitting there watching a movie happened. and I literally couldn't choke it down. I was, yeah. I was like, I, this sucks. Yeah. Jay, did you, what do you just, think, sir? did you just try to do this? <laughs> yeah, and I had a jaw harp fail. Now my lip is tender. Okay, so now that that's out of the way, uh, moving to the next one. Um, let's talk about Good the... Good story, Jay. Let's like talk that. real quickly, uh, and we don't need to spend too much time on it because we've talked about it at length, I think, before, but Michael Myers is one of the original boogeymen. Well, uh, we, we kind of made an exception here because Michael Myers, uh, it, at least in the first movie... You didn't really get a sense that there was anything supernatural about him. Yeah. It was just that he was a psychopath. Uh, we, I mean, he couldn't, you find he, out, couldn't, he couldn't be killed by bullets, which is pretty You find out in later super, in the series that he can't be killed because there's something supernatural about him. You don't know what it is. That's not until, like, the, what, the sixth Well, sixth, sixth gives him the background, but before then, it's just, it's that, it's that classic... He just can't be killed. Right. You know, and that's almost better than knowing why he can't be killed. Yeah. You know? Once you give him a backstory, you lost me. But um but yeah, like that's one of those things though where like Mike he's kind of the boogeyman in the sense that like you don't go there, you don't do this, because you don't go to that house, you know, the old Myers house. You don't go there because he'll fucking kill you. Right. He is he is and to the kids in the movie. He is the epitome of the boogeyman. Absolutely. He, he's that tale that parents tell you, the children to as keep you heard, them away from something. As you heard in our intro. Right. Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, he is the boogeyman. Right. Dr. Loomis. And Donald Pleasance. <laughs> uh, I think that he, uh, is this his, isn't today his death birthday? Oh, is it? Uh, I think so. If that's the case, I didn't know that. Hey, Sarah, can you look up when Donald Pleasance died? <laughs> His death I, I just I just said hey Sarah and my phone <laughs> thought that I said hey Siri so she she actually uh, told me already. Um, February second, nineteen ninety five. February second, nineteen ninety five. So yesterday. So uh, oh, it's yeah. twelve thirteen in the morning. So technically today slash 
checked yesterday. When we started this podcast, <laughs> yeah. it was the, the death day of It's the morning. Pleasant. We'll wake up campers. It's Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> Rise and shine. So, yeah, I mean, we don't have to talk too much about Halloween because yeah. everybody knows, like, but Michael Myers is the boogeyman. And also, Freddy Krueger could also be a really big boogeyman, in all fairness. Yeah. yeah. It comes to you in your it's dreams. In your dreams. Yeah. yeah. Right, but we wanted to stay a little more obscure for this sure, one. Sure. So. so, that being said, we uh, we're going to travel <clears> back to a land called 1980. Let's do it. a movie called... Flock of Seagulls. <laughs> <laughs> the Boogeyman. The doesn't boogeyman. get much boogier than that. <laughs> it doesn't. Let's boogie. All right. Um, okay, so this was directed by Uli Lamel. Uli Lamel. I think I said his name correct. Uli Lamel. Sure. Starring Susanna Love and John Carradine, father of... David Carradine. David Carradine. Um, rest in peace. Also, uh, <laughs> also Nicholas Love, who is uh, the brother of Susanna yep. Love. Yep, yep. This is kind of a so family, kind of, yeah, family of well, fa- family a favorite two people affair. at least, because because David Carradine wasn't in this movie. But what's that? I said well, family no, favorite two people at least. Well, no, because uh, Susanna Love was actually married to um, Uli Lommel, That's right. Uli Lommel That's right. That's at the right. time. So you know there was three of them. So what you down. what did what, give a give a rundown for this one? Okay, so uh, just a quick synopsis of this movie: A young girl witnesses her brother murder a man through a reflection in a mirror. Twenty years later, the mirror is shattered, freeing his evil spirit, which seeks revenge for his death. So okay. Right off the bat, I'm going to say this. This movie was okay. Yeah. Not my favorite movie ever. Right. Um, so we're not going to spend a well, ton of time on first it. Of all, first of all, right off the bat, can we mention the fact that like the entire first like 12 minutes of it was basically just a remake of Halloween? Sort of, yeah. The music, the yeah. setting... Uh, the like the point fact that a kid got well the <laughs> like the like the point of the POV shot of the kid holding the knife in his hand walking down the hallway like yep. it was it yep. was very Halloween it was I I don't disagree with you um so this so yeah this like it's about a kid who uh, him and his sister are are at the hands of uh, child abuse essentially their, their mother their biological mother piece of shit. Yeah, who's a piece of shit and an alcoholic, just dirtbag, and let her boyfriend slash husband. I think it was. I think it was husband, a boyfriend. Boyfriend. I think so. Basically, tie them to the bed and abuse them and all that. Well, they they grossness. were they were just kind of peeping through the window because you know that's what kids do. And uh, the mom was in kind of trying to get down with the boyfriend. Midcoitus. Midcoit. Well, well, uh, pre-coitus. pre-coitus, pre-coitus, <laughs> just <laughs> in the early stages of coitus. And uh, and 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 they um, they see the kids, and then the boyfriend takes Willie, the the son, and ties him to a bed, which is just that's that just made me angry when I saw it. I was like, God, I hate when people mistreat children. Yeah. It sucks. Even in movies, well, I hate seeing that stuff. Yeah, but I'll watch it because it's you know. It's entertaining. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I mean, like you get it's you, you're hard pressed to find a lot of horror movies that. That don't deal with like mistreating kids in some yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. If you if you mistreat a kid, the audience hates you that much more. Right. So, Which, so in that in that respect, it was very effective. Yeah. So uh, the little sister, um, Lacey, mm-hmm. gra- go gra- goes and grabs a butcher knife from the from the kitchen, goes and cuts her brother free, cuts his hands free, hands him the knife, thinking, "Well, cut your cut your feet free, and then you'll be free. You're good to go." Sure. Except for the brother takes the knife and goes in and stabs the shit out of the boyfriend. 
rightly deserved. Rightly deserved. When he did time to a bed to shut him up. Exactly. Um, and uh, and and Lacey witnesses this all, like like I said, in the roof in the reflection of the mirror in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward, what? Twenty years. Twenty years or so. Like that. Yep. Lacey's now married to Jake, played by Ron James, who. Lucky Jake. Who Don's Lucky one Lucky Jake. Who yeah, yeah. <laughs> um Susanna Love is uh, a, a a beautiful nineteen eighties babe. Yep. Um <laughs> You said Ron James and at first I thought you were going to Ron Jeremy. Ron Jeremy. <laughs> and I was like, that would make an interesting uh, Play, twist. Uh, Jake. Starring Ron Jeremy and Susanna Love. <laughs> <laughs> Actually that works quite well. Uh, the booby man. The booby man. <laughs> <laughs> Ron James, uh, Jake, a.k.a. Jake, dons one of the most stellar Canadian tuxedos throughout <laughs> the entire does. movie. Oh, my gosh. And, and he pulls it off good, though. It's almost like I don't even, I'm not even laughing at him because he looks stupid. You're laughing because you want to be I'm him. I'm laughing because I'm embarrassed <laughs> that I want to be him. Like. <laughs> he's just, because uh, I think he's a cop, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Because yes, they only show him in the, the, in the uniform. Yeah, like but he once, is a cop. Like, once the uniform comes off... The other one comes ba- comes on, and he's ready to just deal out some denim justice, <laughs> and he looks damn good doing it. Um, so yeah, fast forward twenty years, um, uh, everything's going pretty well, but then they get a letter. the 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 siblings get a letter from their, from their mother, mother, who's still alive, but she's dying. Which is odd. What? Because I know that they they get the they get the letter from their mother, but they don't really ever. Go back to see the mother. The mother's not in the movie for the rest of the movie. They don't want to see their mother. I know, but it's weird that that is what triggers it, though. You would think that she would have something to do with the end of the movie. You well, know, not to give any spoilers away, but like, you would think. Well, it's uh, it, it it becomes pretty apparent that like once they receive this letter, Lacey's still really struggling with what she saw twenty years ago. True. And uh, and Willie. Uh, the younger brother hasn't talked since this happened. Yeah, he's a mute. He has, yeah, he's a mute. He hasn't talked. He he's hasn't a mute spoken with an word. anger problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, um, well, when he's triggered, I guess that's an anger problem. It's an anger problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so they get this letter from the mother saying, "You're my, you're my kids. I'm dying. Like I, I feel like I have the right to see you one more time." Yeah. They don't want to see her. It starts bringing up all these demons for Lacey and and mm-hmm. uh, uh, her. Her doctor, played by John Carradine, uh, tells her maybe you should go back and see the house one more time. She sure. says no, absolutely not. And then Jake uh, just convinces just, her, like you can't turn it. Like when a guy in turns that, on the he turns on the denim and, and she <laughs> says yes. And, and when a guy in that much denim tells you to do something, you do it. So he convinces her. Let's go hey, back. This is this is this is the month of the women. Okay, they can they can say no. They, yeah, well, they absolutely can. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it, but it's just it's hard when you're dealing with that much denim. Denim, man. <laughs> so uh, he convinces her to go back to the house just to kind of exercise the demons. Like, let's go back. Let's see how it's changed. Sure. There's probably another family there. Like, and we'll just see it, see everything. And once you have it out of your system, you'll be able to kind of move on. So they go back to the house, and she does mm-hmm. see that like a lot of things have changed, and there's a family living there. Mm-hmm. And then this little asshole says hey hey beautiful why don't you follow me kid's got more game than me i'll tell yeah, you he that does, he does he does he was he was not shy about uh about turning on the charm with the ladies a so, married woman at that point exactly Whew. so he uh he he tells her to come see the rest of the house she walks into the bedroom that where it all happened 
she sees that the mirror is still there. And so this is this is where the the, the 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 movie you get into what it's about. Right. The killer has lived inside this mirror because that's where she saw him the first time. Well, so uh, like his spirit is trapped. Well, somebody actually somebody actually says in the movie, um, uh, like Grandma used to tell us that what uh, when you smash a mirror. I think it was actually one of the kids who lived in the house yeah. because because it gives you bad luck or whatever. You better clean it up. Well, no, no. He he says he says when you smash a mirror. Grandma always used to say when you smash a mirror, you let loose everything that mirror has seen. So anything that was reflected in the in the mirror is now loose and and can yeah. do whatever it wants. And of so course, she and of she course sees the mirror, mirror and there. she she sees the mirror and she sees a reflection of the boyfriend, and smashes it. And then you know. So the boy, the boogeyman of the boyfriend now is set free. I gotta say this though. So Jake, Jake thinks that it's a good idea to. He's like, he's like, we gotta, we gotta take this mirror back to the farmhouse, and we're gonna, we're gonna deal with this. Yep. So he, he picks up all the shards of glass from the mirror, takes the frame from the mirror, and he's gonna go back home. And he puts the damn thing back together, which is practically impossible, by the way. True, <laughs> like this guy, this guy could be a professional puzzle putter together, or <laughs> because he puts together a smashed mirror. That's not possible, but he misses one shard. The biggest, one of the biggest shards <laughs> in the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how he missed this thing. He managed to get all the little dust yep. off the floor, but yep. he misses one huge shard, and in that shard. The killer lives. Yep. And so he... One of the things that I thought was really cool about this is uh, they illustrated the haunting through a red light being shined, essentially, into the, the piece of the mirror. Yeah. And it was so simple. Oh, yeah. So simple, but so effective at the same time, you know? Mm -hmm. All you have to do is, is aim a red light anywhere at that glass shard and just look like it's going to glow. <clears throat> it was kind of genius... Uh, uh, effects, you know. Well, they kind of. I mean, throughout the entire movie too. That's like any time the killer is is at work something or whatever, is shining. It, it really just is, like yeah. it's a reflection off of the mirror. Mm -hmm. You never past past the beginning where you see the boyfriend, and then and then the part where she sees the guy's reflection in the mirror. Yeah. Twenty years later, you don't see him again. That's true. You don't. Which is. So why do you why do you like this as far as like I mean this movie's called the Boogeyman and we both kind of thought like well it's a, I mean it's a little misleading because it's not your typical Boogeyman but why do you like this as a Boogeyman? Well, it's still it's still it's it's still a presence that is around you yeah. and it is haunting you and like it's the Boogeyman he's he's gonna get me and that's what he's doing you know what I'm saying from like, like a little I kid mean, perspective what would separate him from uh, what would separate him from just a, a vengeful ghost? Um. Maybe the fact that he's more physical, you know, a vengeful. I mean, I know vengeful ghosts are physical, and maybe, maybe what people perceive as being boogeymen are just spirits. They mm -hmm. are just something that exists there. That's why they never die because you can't kill a spirit. You right. Know, it's, it's always maybe there. That's and where, maybe that's why there's like no solid description of sure. what he looks like. Like we said in the beginning of the episode, you know, it's a lot of this whole boogeyman business is very based on interpretation. Right. Um, I think in this case though it's it's supernatural in the sense that the mirror held on to the the spirit of the boyfriend who yep. used to beat them and everything else you know so once that mirror broke his soul was trapped in that mirror now he used to be just a man now he's something different now right. he's the boogeyman he's their boogeyman he haunts them he you know anybody who comes in contact with it 
is affected by it now. Did you have any? We we both said that. I mean, this isn't a great movie by any no, stretch no. of the imagination. It's did fun. You, did you have any like favorite parts? Um, my fa- my favorite part came come came from great confusion. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah. I remember laughing really hard at the fact that in the it, towards the like third quarter of the movie. It randomly cuts to a group of four kids that have nothing to do with the rest of the movie at all. It's as if they filmed it just to add in so that they could extend it. Well, it makes sense because uh, the the little boy... Um... I know how they added it in, but it really doesn't need to be there. It It's very much like an afterthought. I mean, it, it like it's funny that you say this because this actually, this part led to my two favorite kills in the movie. Which I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, which this so uh, the reason that these kids are all the way across the lake from this family, mm-hmm. but uh, the kid's going fishing. He's got a piece L- of mirror Lace- stuck to his Lacey's shoe. son. I think his name was Kevin. Yeah, he steps on a shard of glass and it's stuck to the bottom of his shoe. So now, uh, when he's sitting on the dock, he's got this piece of glass like aimed at the sun, and it's casting this. Uh, um, reflection sure. all the way across the lake to where these kids are having like a, a barbecue and orgy drinking beers and having a good time so uh, two of them like they two of them disappear for a couple minutes and then they get a little freaked out they de- they decide they're gonna leave so the one yeah. <laughs> the one kid goes to pack up the car he ends up getting a uh, was that was that a knife it yes. looked more like a pick of some no, kind. No, it was it was the it was the knife was that he dropped knife. in the bottom. Yeah. But when it actually like he gets stabbed in the back of the head and it comes out his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then when the girl when his girlfriend comes looking for him, she she's she she's calling his name and then she looks in the car and she like gets into the car. Why she didn't look and realize he had a knife coming out of his mouth right away, I have no idea. What if he would have cut his tongue? Huh? What if you would have cut his tongue? <laughs> it stinks oh, so bad. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so he turned, like, the way this goes down is, so he's pretty much dead already. He's got this knife coming out of his mouth, stamped, stabbed through the back of his head. She and then goes to, like, he, make out with him. No, she just goes to see if he's okay, and he turns toward her with his the, the knife sticking yeah. out of his mouth, and then the ghost knocks her <laughs> in the ass with the car door, and it and it shoves her forward so they look like they're kissing but actually just the knife that went through his mouth impaled her through the face (laughs) (laughs) so their friends are like what are these two doing why are we waiting for them they're just necking in the car (laughs) yeah they think they're necking in the car (laughs) Sarah is like supremely and they're actually just just, they're actually just face stabbing (laughs) each other so that was that was my favorite part of the whole movie the movie the movie wraps up really weird. It's like uh you know the the shards of glass are at work again. One of yep. them gets lodged in Stacy's eye. Yep. So she becomes like possessed with the, the Yeah, spirit. it's weird. It goes from like boogeyman to possession yeah. to there's there's a lot of layers, we'll say. Not great layers, but there's layers. <laughs> definitely not great layers and definitely not great acting because when uh at one point they call a priest to come check things out. Yeah. When Jake and the priest go out into the barn to find the the grandparents and they find them both dead. Yeah. They have no reaction whatsoever. You're right. They're both just like, well, well, these people are dead now. Maybe we should go in and see <laughs> see what Lacey's doing. <laughs> it was like, like, this is bad directing. 
Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like you, like like tell your actors to do just a little something with it. Yep. Hey, Jimmy. Yeah, I think it's time for you to have a beer. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure is. Oh wow, we gotta. And after this, we have one more movie left to hit, aside uh, from some maybe honorable mentions. Yeah. Um, what'd you pull out of there? <laughs> I pulled uh, projector, ready-made Stillwater. I don't. Oh. This doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> that is this, good. That was good. This is an imperial rice. Imperial Rice Indian Pale Ale. Mm. What? Sounds interesting. So it's like sake mixed it's with like beer. It's like a Chinese Indian ale. Uh, brewed and bottled by Stillwater Artisanal. Oh, Stillwater. They did the they did the um, folklore that we're yeah. drinking. Oh, that's absolutely right. Look at that. Uh, brewed by Stillwater Artisanal in Stratford, Connecticut. Um, I've been there before. Stratford, okay, so what's your story? Quick. Projector ready-made Stillwater. Okay, so it's got a picture of a, project- of a projector on the front. Well, it's more um, like a TV. It's like a screen, isn't it? Like it's a. Well, it's probably a projector since it says projector. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, so it's um it's high school, right? Okay. It's high school, and you have uh, the AV club, and one of the kids is just relentlessly bullied by all these dick bags for being part of the AV club, and one day he's in uh, you know doing some AV stuff, and 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 a couple of the football bullies come in and start hassling him. And one of them pushes him, and he uh, and he smashes his head on the projector, and he he's dead instantly. Oh. Yeah. Oh. But then the football bullies just leave. They're oh. never they're never found out, right? Of course. And eighties movie logic. <laughs> so he's laying dead on the floor, and you see you see that there some of his blood is seeping down the side of the projector into the inner workings. Oh. So cut cut to like a couple years later. This projector is still in use by the AV club. Well, it's it's been kind of it's not in use. It's been put in the back closet somewhere. Somebody finds it, and they they project something, and they realize that they're watching a video of themselves, except for it's a video of how they die, right? Dun dun dun. Mm-hmm. It's a video of how they die. I don't know where to. Is that you making that sound? <laughs> yeah, it's great. It actually sounds like a projector. <laughs> um, so it's it's a video of how they die, and uh, and and so they find out that every time somebody watches something through this projector, that's how they die. I don't know. I'm not great. I'm not good at this. Stuff. The haunting projects are deaths. Yeah, because he knows. I get it. Okay. All that right. Kind of sounds like the first movie you guys reviewed. Which one? Boogie, one of the Boogeyman. Oh damn it! It's like the I'm exact basically... same as the first movie. Well, Which no, one? because that movie wasn't that movie wasn't showing people how they how they would die. It was showing people that uh, already sinister. did die. Yeah. Sinister. That's it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Can we just drink this beer we and see how it, it is? We can just drink right. the beer. Last last movie before honorable mentions. Candyman. Everybody's seen Candyman. Oh yeah, and it's probably one of the best Boogeyman movies in Absolutely. my personal opinion. Um, well, this one, this one Im- embodies everything really, about what really the Boogeyman does. is. It's, it's folklore. It's folklore. It's, uh, urban it, legend. Yeah, it's um, he's a guy, man. He is a guy, indeed. <laughs> There's a hook involved. There's a hook involved. Yeah, like, 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 yeah, all yeah, the best all the little guys folklore stories you used to hear. The one like. You know, all the kids, they're driving, and they, oh, they heard this story about this guy with the hook on the Didn't loose that escaped. We heard scratching on the side of the car, yep. and then we see a hook when we get home. Like, yeah, they pull away, guy and the hook and, is hanging from yeah. that. Well, yeah, and actually, like, where I'm from, Bad Axe, Michigan, uh, up, up near there is a town called Caseville, 
and and there's a there's an urban legend about Bruno Bruno Bruno, Bruno yep that's it. who is a man with a hook for a hand who who lives out in the woods who who kills kids when they sleep with their heads toward yeah, the windows in the cabins yeah he's a total badass he's essentially Candyman so um yeah uh, Candyman which was directed by Bernard Bernard Rose and uh, original story by Clive Barker. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote a story called The Forbidden, and then Bernard, Bernard Rose took it from there because he actually wrote the screenplay. Um, if you don't know, the Candyman is a murderous soul with a hook for a hand his accidentally, who is accidentally summoned to reality by a skeptic grad student researching the monster's myth. Uh, that grad student is played by Virginia Madsen. Mm. A.K.A. Uh, Jillian Anderson. <laughs> she, she does look a lot like Jillian she Anderson a lot. in this movie. When I was watching this, I go, I didn't remember Jillian Anderson being in this movie. Because she looks identical to her for the first at least like 20 minutes of the movie. Uh-huh. And then she starts to like look different. But yep. like, I don't know what it was about her. No, I did. I, I, I looked at her. I, I thought the exact same no, thing best, you did. Best acting in the entire movie is Ted Raimi as like the, uh, <laughs> the badass Billy. biker. He's Billy. <laughs> Yeah, Billy. So miscast, it's not even funny. Well, Billy shows up like, and this is what I love about this movie is there's like a few different instances of like the people telling the stories, and then you mm-hmm. actually see the, uh, like see the story played out on 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 screen. Yeah, and that's the way these things. That's the way like the actual boogeyman, like what we know as a as the boogeyman as a culture. That's how these things spread is just word of mouth. You know. Oh, mm-hmm. let's try this beer. How's that rice beer? Ooh, that's not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> the face told me a lot of that. We've been doing this is our 25th episode and that's the first time I've ever had a bad reaction to a beer. What do you think? Not great, right? Nope, I agree with you. Wow. <laughs> Ooh. This is uh this is a landmark. That's like it's that's a landmark like, because we we literally have never found a beer like, that we didn't like on this show. That's like drinking the taste that you get when you lick a stamp. <laughs> oh, dude, you're absolutely right. That is exactly what that is. Well, you are. This, at- this label has nothing on it. It's, no. it lo- it's looked like someone. Even even the way it's stuck on looks like someone took a piece of paper. No, and just I've held it onto the moist bottle. <laughs> I actually like the the picture of the projector and taste stuff on the, the front. Taste but, it. Yeah, Tell me if that's not that taste. Ooh, it smells like a stamp. It, it is. It's, abs- it's, it's like the glue it's of like a stamp. stamp. Glue. <laughs> Does it? Isn't it? I like it. You, you do, do really. Oh man! <laughs> so like, what the okay, okay. That's the the seven second aftertaste. I could taste the stamp yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it's like that weird. But, but I like stamps. <laughs> <laughs> I like stamps. I don't know what to tell See, you. See, my my second sip of it is I'm I used really to lick. I like used to the... lick the backside of Amelia Earhart and put it. Put it <laughs> no, it's not. A, it's not. A, it's not a bad beer. <laughs> it, it's di- it's different. All right, so <laughs> let's get back to Candyman yeah, real yeah, quick here. Um, so. Uh, Tony Todd. Oh, legendary. The, the, legendary. The legendary this is what, Tony this is what Todd. put him on the map. He is yeah. a legend because of this movie. Did you know that did you know that they almost offered this part to Eddie Murphy? Uh that would have been extremely strange. <laughs> 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 yeah, the only reason that he didn't get it is because he's uh he's five nine. So they opted to go with Tony Todd, who's six five. Makes sense. <laughs> Which Makes was a good sense. call. Yeah. That's so Plus, close. Better voice too, though. Like everything about that. Oh like, yeah, he's just, just, a, yeah. just amazing. Yeah, he was perfect for the role. Um, um uh, the director Bernard Rose. Mm-hmm. Did you ever hear how he got into the business? No. Uh, he literally got a phone call while he was in college. 
there's a payphone ringing in the hall, and it was somebody asking, calling the college, say, "Oh, we heard you have a video program. We want to do a music video." And he goes, "Oh, I'll do it." Was he? Even- <laughs> and that's how his career started. Like literally, he just answered a phone call, and he was for like a big band, and he did it. He, and that's it. He answered. A, it was coming in on a payphone. I think it was. Yeah, it was like a. It was like a or pay or was a phone in the school. Just like, like some random. But phone not in the, the not in like an office or anything. It was like a random phone. He really just answered the phone call. Wow. <laughs> I mean, this was film school, obviously. Um, it was a college had film classes. <laughs> was it, yeah. Or was it he just was calling the film you, department? Or was he like a? Or was he like a poli sci? No, 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 kind no. Of guy. He's like, I'll do a, I'll do a music video. No, it, it was be that hard. It was in the film department or whatever. But right he on. just picked it up, answered. He goes. Oh, okay. And it was a big band. I I'll, Next week, I'll know what band it was. But it was like a big band at the time, and that's how he got his notoriety. Wow, that's cool. That's it. He picked up a phone call, and that's how his career started. That's very cool. Um, uh, yeah, so, I, I, I mean, as far as, like, as far as the, as far as the boogeyman idea it's, goes, I, it's like, he's perfect. Like, he's got yeah. the hook for the hand. He can, he can appear and disappear at will. He's got the bees coming out of his mouth, which were real bees. Real in his bees, mouth. real. Those bees were actually bred specifically for the movie. Well, if you watch them when they're crawling on even Virginia Madsen, though, mm-hmm. they're very docile. You can see them; they're kind of like staggering a little bit. Well, the reason it's they, because they're 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 under like that smoke influence and like no, everything it was, else. No, it was actually because they were they were only twelve hours old. They were bred specifically for the movie, and they were they were only twelve hours old. So really? that so that their uh, their stingers they had the stingers but the stingers had no power like no no they weren't powerful enough to actually do any damage. Interesting. But bees bite too though, right? No. Um, do they? They, yeah, they yeah it, because well, you can get you can get bit and not stung by a bee. I think it's I think it's certain breeds, maybe. I don't know. I'm yeah. not. I'm not. I'm not biting bees. Yeah, I'm not they, like. They, a, maybe they picked a, a, a certain one uh, breed that wasn't uh, going to do that. Um, We're not biologists here. So. Well, the, you know the the part at the end where Tony Todd actually has the bees like pouring out of his mouth. Right. Those were all. Yeah. Those were real bees. See that? Yeah. I didn't know. That's, yeah, that, that's they, incredible. They, the yeah. only the only thing he had a mouth guard in that like blocked the back of his throat. Oh yeah. Just so that like the bees wouldn't climb down his throat. But it's other also than why that, he mouth... actually had like uh, like hundreds of bees in his mouth. It's also why his mouth stays very stationary because he can't close it right it's, it's a, he's kind of stuck in that well i think that guard that he had in actually like had spacers between his oh, teeth sure. that I'm kept sure. his mouth open you um, know yeah that's what i'm saying interesting fact Gnarly. courtesy of sarah right here scientists discovered that bees not only bite enemies that are too small to sting but paralyze their victims with a, with a snake-like venom really all right what kind of so bees? they don't bite humans they, they bite use their animals. tiny mandibles to bite animals that are too small to sting yeah they their uh, their mandibles probably aren't aren't strong enough to actually puncture human skin right, right. it's like a, it's like, like a daddy, daddy long leg. like a daddy long leg let's say they're one of the most poisonous spiders that's per... false actually all right i'm not even gonna try i'm <laughs> not even gonna try i'm just saying it's false <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's an urban urban myth all right so Candyman's amazing let's get into some honorable mentions here oh can i can i just say this real quick God damn it, just because that it, just because i think this is really cool because the whole Jim. the the uh the the whole idea about um because at one point in time they they kind of chalk up the Candyman murders to somebody who just realized that there was an architectural flaw Yes, in the in the apartments where they could pull off one medicine chest from from one room, and it, it leads into and the other. There was nothing separating them from the other medicine chest, so they would just pop the other one off, and they'd be able to just freely walk Correct. into the other. Pre- That's based on a true story. Really, there was actually a string of murders 
um, that happened in that in that exact same fashion. Interesting. Yeah. So. Interesting. Very. I, I didn't know that. That's, that's a that's a little fun fact that you don't have to fact check because it's true. <laughs> look at that. All right. Honorable mentions. What do you got? Honorable mentions. Uh oh, crap. Well, uh, you go ahead because um, I lost my list. Oh no! I watched. Uh, I one of the movies I watched. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on it because I've talked about it before on the show. A movie called The Drownsman. Oh. Um, it's about it's a it's an all female cast. Acting is well, not the greatest thing in the world. I think it's just because of the way that it was written, though. You know, um, wasn't the greatest writing in the world. But, um, yeah, no, The Drownsman. It's about a girl who has um, what's it called? Uh, hydrophobia, which is a fear of water. Oh yeah, and she is deathly afraid that there is this killer that lives in the water mm-hmm. and it turns out she's correct oh. and um yeah so it's this boogeyman that lives in water it drags people in it can drag you into a raindrop it can drag you into a tiny little puddle oh really and it brings you into this other world and he, yeah it's this boogeyman that like see i saw trailers and stuff but i always thought it was like it had to be like a kind of a not a large body no, of water but like a that's, bathtub or something there's like that. somebody in the movie that gets pulled into a kitchen countertop in a puddle that's like less than a foot wide really yeah she gets she gets dragged in by her headphones and it drags her head for <laughs> yeah it, it's pretty cool though like just take your it's headphones it's a really out. cool concept <laughs> uh not executed perfectly but it's a it's an awesome concept and the the killer in it, like the actual drownsman, he's really fucking cool looking. He actually looks like my archetypal boogeyman. Boogeyman. Yeah. Um, and if I remember correctly from the trailer, doesn't he? What does he say? That's really weird. He says a girl's name. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Rebecca. But it doesn't sound like Rebecca, creepy. <laughs> doesn't it sound like the guy from Joyride? Kind of Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I haven't seen, I haven't seen Joyride in a long time. <laughs> But um, but yeah, so that's my honorable mention. Uh, as far as as far as honorable mentions go, there were a couple movies that I really wanted to watch for this episode that we didn't get to because uh, to to me to me the Bye Bye Man kind of seemed like it would fit. The pee pee poo poo man. The, the pee pee poo poo man <laughs> seemed like it would fit for this. Sure, I I sure. haven't I haven't seen it, so I don't know for sure. But it just from like based based off of the the chapter in the book that I've read up on. It it seems like it would kind of fit, and also Child Eater, which yeah. comes out tomorrow yeah. on VOD. So I'm gonna watch it tomorrow, and then I'm gonna come back and let you guys know if it would have fit or not. Perfect. But Child Eater is essentially, I mean, it's like it's it from everything that I've seen and read about it, pretty much right on for for Boogeyman. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't necessarily have an honorable mention, but I was thinking uh, actually, Mike just briefed on this really quick during his uh, last discussion, but. Which movies best describe or best fit the character of your boogeyman that you imagine? I was kind of I, I was kind of thinking across it across the episode, and and I finally got one that popped in my head. So I'll see what you guys got. Well, didn't we talk about this in the beginning of the episode? Like what are what well, what they what ours were like? But is there a movie in general is there that a where movie you're like, that actually, oh my god, oh, that, 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 that really everybody has a different perspective of what that their boogeyman really looks embodies like. it. Honestly, so if you, have you seen one where that was like, that's my boogeyman right there? Honestly. <laughs> that's my boogeyman. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Rob Zombie song. That's my boogeyman. Um, I dig it. Honestly, the Drownsman is pretty damn close to what I think of as the boogeyman. Slimy uh, green. Yeah. yeah, he's not green. Um, oh, Jim's was green. But he, yeah, he has a lot of those the same characteristics from what I had described. Um, and, I, and I thought that before I even saw this movie, which is why I liked it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that would be mine, honestly. What about you, Jim? 
Um, I don't think that there's a movie that actually embodies the 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 one that I had in mind as a, a child. A man with a fish head. Right. Whatever. <laughs> I guess maybe creature from the black lagoon. No, but I I like there's nothing that really lines up with I with what I thought it was as a child. But like to me now, I think that uh, Bagul from Sinister is probably pretty right on. It's a pretty good one. What about you? I, I, I think to de- I, I mentioned how I described mine earlier, like that that. Uh, dark shadowy yeah and, and i think now thinking on it would be like the when the demons or devils come up in the movie ghost yeah that that shadow Ooh. just them shadows and that's how i like kind of picture and they kind of they move around and, and it's just <laughs> and just and grab you and me drag the, you gives to me hell. the boogies and in, in all fairness patrick swayze might be a boogeyman now he might be the same. The Maybe. sexiest boogeyman alive. <laughs> On that note, you can find us at <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, and SoundCloud at the Buzzkill Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the Buzzkill PC. And you can find us on Tumblr at the Buzzkill Podcast. Also, also oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. You can Ew. also find J Raj having a special. At www.oceanrecordingstudio.com. Limited time special, 50% off a single song. I it's, might take advantage the, of that. It's the Groundhog's Day special. I've been recording which... lots of albums and lots of EPs, and I'm ready to do some singles. Hitting the single life, baby. I'm going to come hit you up for a single, boy. <laughs> for music. <laughs> um, <laughs> Funny, we're going to record that metal song. And, uh, and also, make sure you download the Horror Amino app and find us on there. We are the Buzzkill Podcast. And only follow us. Only us. <laughs> Plus everybody else that we are friends with. <laughs> Alright, you guys. I think that'll about do it for tonight. So make sure you guys go and get your hair did by Sarah Jones. Get your hair did, boy. I do. Everybody be careful when you go home tonight. Make sure you check your closet for the boogeyman. <laughs> and let's do it. Cheers, brothers. I'm your boogeyman. <laughs> <laughs>